Like what he keep do, like what he cool, oh And like what everybody around it be told so I'm from the hood though Ladies and gentlemen, it's me, it's me, it's the author, imitated, never duplicated, love to be calculated, being stared at as I speak, Mikey Bro here in Texas, uh, with Brian Hughes, Shane O'Mac, Wild Bill, and Jeff. What's going on, guys? Hello, hello. Not much, Mikey, how you doing, man? God damn it, as I was mid-introduction, like three people walked by and just stared at me in the corner, like immediately my hand So we're up to three. We're up to three already. No, 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 no. That's that's one interaction. I can't count all three at once. Come on. Oh yeah, no, we are definitely. Fantastic, guys. So I'm I'm guessing we've all convened here on August 16th uh, in various time zones to talk about Shane's new podcast, The Brody Stanley Experience. Oh yeah, we're doing that now. I was gonna do a quick call out towards the end of the pod, but uh, if you guys haven't listened to it yet. A uh, brand new series called The Brody Stanley Project. I bet you could guess who uh, helped with that name. He's probably sitting in this, in this lobby as we speak. But yeah, Bill. no, it's a podcast. It was me. Bill, it, was Bill. Bill. it was me. It was me, guys. It was Bill. Yeah. Was Definitely say, Bill. Was it Gary? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a podcast that you could, you know, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. It's um, just highlighting, spotlighting two PBA players. Um, Did those files so, I sent you work, by the way? I haven't, I haven't looked yet. Sweet. Um, but I, I already have, I already have uh, one, one player in mind for the next one. But if, if, if anyone has someone they'd like to be featured, just shoot me a Slack and I'll, uh, I'll include them. So. so you're saying you want people to sign Excellent. into your DMs? Yes. Yes. Excellent. Interesting. Now you know what, Shane? I, I want to say, man, I. I really appreciate the uh, the idea, the enthusiasm, and the the fortitude. Like, like I think it's a super cool idea because you know it's something that I've talked to the league historian Bill about uh, several times. But like, there's so many guys that like came into the league right like at the age of like 37, 35, 38 that were like legitimately like really good players. But Wally Higgs, right? Okay, Wally Higgs, but. Because, because they had such a short career, like nobody, you know, most of the people that play in the league now that, you know, like myself, 2023, Jeff, 2025, like we're not going to know these guys. So I, I totally appreciate, you know, what you're doing and kind of highlighting. And even the picture that you talked about last time, I was like, you know, I found a lot of it super interesting just to see the movement, see that where they've, you know, kind of where they were, where they came from, where they went, the fact that he was a top prospect and, you know, maybe he didn't develop the way you'd hope, but, you know, just kind of the journey that you kind of took us on. I appreciated it, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for the feedback and I'll continue to kind of tell the story. The next player that I already have in mind is kind of along the same, same vein that will be kind of interesting. So, yeah, thank you. So guys, um, Brian, you, you, we've been talking about wanting to do a podcast for a while and I can't get settled in Bill. I'm sitting here at my computer and Bill's like, yo, bro, I, uh, he called me out in a challenge. Like I, you know, I know you move, but you fucking kind of, you know, for a while now, <laughs> it has been like three weeks. And then I like go on my journey of what's going on. But, um, I wanted to bring up one thing before we got started as it relates, cause I don't want to forget about it guys. And, um, I'm guessing Brian suggested doing a podcast today because he wanted us to, 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 to take a big, oh, I'm so glad each and every one of you are on here with me right now for what I'm about to say. Um, supposedly the biggest screw job in Montreal since Bret Hart happened not too long ago with Chris Morgan leaving Montreal. Oh going my to God, Seattle really? For Theodore Ulrich and Zach Martin. Hey, from, from the mouth of babes, it was spoken into existence <clears throat> on said channel. Um, you know, so 
It's interesting. Now, I'm probably the biggest Zach Jarnigan homer in the entire league. Drafted him, you know, with my guy. But um, why don't you set the record straight, Brian? Because from what I heard, uh, Captain Underpants was not happy about said trade. Listen, we 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 talked a little off air. Uh-huh. This is what I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna say on air, and I think I, I want to be political, Bill, but I'm also waiting, be, I'm, be I'm waiting for Bill to to to, I think, to, to cross I, point you at every. every I think it's important. Okay, I think it's important. Number one, it's really easy. It's really easy to take a snapshot of a trade and just assume somebody got the better end or the worse end of the trade. Um, like I did last year, I, and I, and I told Shane and Bill before you guys all came on, you know, I said, Hey, listen, you know, I a hundred percent thought that Palmetto got the better end of the trade because Campu, in my opinion, was a top 10 hitter last year. But when you look at how it played out, you know, the shortstop Borland that he got along with Bandolo, there wasn't a big enough difference between Bandolo and Campo to make up for the difference in the shortstop. So the way a trade may look today may be very different than moving forward. And I do think that a major factor in that specific trade, and as you guys know, I'm very, very um, active and aggressive when it comes to trades. I've dealt with every single one of you. I've made trades with every single one of you. I'm very active and aggressive in trades. So I may look at somebody's roster and, you know, I may look at Jeff's roster and say, hey, listen, he has, you know, a rookie of the year third baseman and he's already signed him long-term and he's got a third baseman in his minor league system in AAA that I like. Like, yes, he has leverage, but at the same time, like, where is he going to put that guy? Like, he's not going to, he's not going to move that guy to third base. He literally just had a guy who had a three war year one. So it, it's difficult because when you evaluate trades, you really have to look at the financials. You have to look at the opportunities. You have to look at kind of everything. And you have to also evaluate like where the clubs are at. Are they in a win now mode? You know, are they looking to, you know, put butts in the seats? You know, like what, what exactly are they looking? And I think all that kind of plays into a trade. And I will tell you, and I just want to say this, and I did tell you this, Mike, before, <clears throat> but I would literally challenge. going to try to get you in trouble. That's okay. But I literally would challenge anybody to go look at Rob's farm system. Cause I've had more than one GM, not on here, but more than one GM tell me like, Hey, uh, you've been taking it. Like you took advantage of him. Rob doesn't know what he's doing. This and that. I would challenge you guys to look at the trades that Rob has made. Not today, not tomorrow, but look at, last year's trades the year before dude that guy is ridiculous at developing talent look at the players that he got from mike last year blah, blah, blah. and look at where they are now look at the way that the talent that he has gotten has developed the reason he has a deep farm system is because he's very good at developing talent so i understand basically that was all to say yes i probably got the I, well i clearly got the higher potential guy but at the same time, if you don't have a position available for that guy because you have a better left fielder right now that's an all-star and you you have a right fielder that's going to be up this year, yeah. you know, like what are you what are you gonna do in that situation? And so he chose to go the route he did. Other people disagreed, but once again, it's his team and and he I, I think Rob has shown a propensity to be able to build a team to develop talent. And, and has actually a pretty good eye for, for trades if you go back and review the history. 
Well, it's funny because in your guys' division, the, the, you know, the two teams who have been at the bottom, including, you know, Jeff, based on when he came in, you haven't really got a chance to see their development or their strategies in play because you've had a lot of, a lot of you know, top-heavy teams and just absolutely crushing the competition. So where they, they, they land, you know, low 60s, could be low 70s. I think Bill, you know, having a good grasp on the inch could probably speak to that a little better than I can. But Zach, Zach you know, Zach Tech, 300 career home runs, 43 war. Chris in his first season ever, 28 home runs, three 3.8 war. Like, I'm. Mean, it's not a guarantee that Morgan actually even encompasses 40 war where Jarnigan sits. So, well, and he's I mean, never played. What do you think? He's Bill? never played in the pros either. Like, what the, do you think, Bill? What you're talking about is minors. No, Morgan was 3.8 in AAA last year only. He's AAA. Never been big yeah, he never. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Same page. Yeah, for sure. So it's like I don't I don't think Morgan reaches 45 war like Jarnigan does by the age of 35. No way. Yeah, but Jarnigan isn't going to do that going forward. Um, true. True. <laughs> yeah. That's Morgan what we're looking at. So wait, so so right, but so, what do they what do they do in the court over the course of the next two or three years, right? Because if you're going to evaluate a trade, you can't you can't look at it like, okay, well, let's evaluate them on their entire career. Because like he said, like Mike was saying, like if you did that, it would be kind of short sighted because one guy's got, you know, four good years, three good years left. The other guy's best years are probably four years from now. So like if we're being honest. So real quick, I because I, I don't like the Hall of Fame stuff and just starting rolling out. Um, I don't know how you guys typically vote. Typically, I take uh, time into the engine into account when I vote for, all, for Hall of Fame. And also, I like seeing guys get in, but whatever. I would say Jarnigan, based on when he came into the engine, is a borderline Hall of Famer right now. I mean, I don't – you stack him up historically with War. I mean, he's up there. Um, Ooh, Jarnigan does not look good in a Montreal Expo uniform. He, 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 he definitely needs to shave the beard. It's, it's, it's a little weird. But hey, listen, I told I actually, him white wasn't his color, but he still wanted to go. Look, I'm just saying. I don't know what I'm just saying. I, 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 I don't know, man. I got to kick it around. Just kick it to somebody. Hurt? Yes. No, I just personally <laughs> didn't hate the trade. I'm giving you a hard time, of course, because I saw you know me coming like four weeks back on everything, and I think you did make a good point as to related being able to. You at least got to take two or three years to evaluate trades, and everyone has a different direction. A different this Chris Morgan guy is sexy. Yeah. You talk about his ratings or his uh, professional baseball experience at the MLB level. Well, he doesn't have any professional baseball. He doesn't have any professional stats, but if you look at his 2028 between double A and triple A, he was over six war between combining yeah. them. I know it's just the binders, but the guy was ready a year ago. Right. Like he would yeah, have been. But, but for what it's... Had, uh, Go ahead. Jarnigan no. had 1.3 war last year. Could Jarnigan have put because up... Because he played Jarnigan, Yeah, well... Morgan is going to triple that next year. At least you double think, it. You think, you think Morgan's going to triple Jarnigan's war next year? Maybe yeah. at least double. I, at least I, yeah. I, I think, think double, double. I don't think triple because number one, Jarnigan DH'd all of last year, and he will add value as a fielder because he's not a, a liability in the field. He's not a he's not a, a lightning, he's not a bill type of infielder, but he if you are right, he's he's <laughs> solid enough. He's solid enough that with the glove and with the bat, he's going to be a two and a half war guy, probably in the field. And Ooh. then you, Jarnigan. Jarnigan can't field. Come on. <laughs> dude, come on. Come Wait, on. hold on. You're saying that his 28 a, range is below. He's a, listen, he's a 55 
He's a 55 on Out the positional that. I get it. Bill. He's terrible. <laughs> if Had a very not... easy position to play. Yeah, Listen. it's first base. Richie's yeah. Sexton played first base. But hey, 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 I'm not saying, like, that's perfectly fine. Like, first base, all you got to do is test the ball. Right. He's still going to hit, like, whatever. Who was the other dude you traded? All right. Rich, I believe. Yeah, that guy looked pretty good, too. Oh, my God. He traded you this Chris Bellafiore, too? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm that that trade was a steal. Oh my gosh! Ah, oh, good yeah. lord! Oh, uh, you don't Very... forget it. These guys are like Jacob. I'm out. <laughs> oh wait! Oh, oh, we're on the pod now too. Yes. Uh, don't worry, Brian. I can edit it out. I got you, bro. No, it's all good, Mike. I just really want to. I want to appreciate you jumping on for the pod and really putting a lot of time and effort into these these uh, these uh, topics that you wanted to bring up right off the bat. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, you, you know, I, 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 you know, anything to throw you under the bus there, Brian. I'm, I'm taking advantage of it. Brian didn't do anything wrong. He just made a really, really good trade. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I mean, the thing <laughs> about it is, it's like none of. The, I feel like none of the players in this trade are bad. Like, no, no, like none all of them are bad. bad listen, number one, bad. one is going to be really, really, really good. Listen, number one, Bill, you're not allowed to say that because there's at least three guys in this trade that don't have at least 90 defense. So you, you're not even, you're not even qualified <laughs> to talk. Like even Morgan, you're supposed to say he's terrible because he don't have 90 defense. <laughs> um, well, he's not bad. I mean, it's left field. I mean, like for example, if you guys want to get to weirdness in trades, like yes, please let's go. Yeah, we need to get into some weird stuff. Um, well, I, I mean, just that didn't come out right. talking about <laughs> you're talking about defense, right? Like, so right. so Mikey and I just made a trade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who did I give uh, up the deets, who... man? Give up the deets, Bill. Um, is it wait on. wait is this posted yet? It's posted it in the channel. I even tap okay. tap tapped like okay like like okay. I was stepping up to the mic. Okay, got you. Um, so you're still not sure if you're making the deal. Got you. Go no, ahead. no 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 no. It's definitely <laughs> we 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 made it and it's confirmed. Okay. Um, We're waiting for Jacob to weigh in to decide whether or not to do it. Got it. <laughs> so, so I traded uh, Koga time oh. and uh, Hiroshi Myhara, who's the guy that probably hurts the most in this trade. I really mm. like he's my kind of player, except he can't field. Um, okay. I, I got to tell you, you, you keep saying that like it, it's driving me crazy. The dude's got 70 defense. <laughs> Like, what do you want, Bill? <laughs> like, good Mid- lord. Middle infielders, you got to be blue or up. He said, he said he can't field. He's a 72. <laughs> like, so, you go to his fielding stats, his zone rating is positive. What the hell? But it's He's only immediately my best defender. He's immediately my best defender. So. That's what I'm saying. So, so uh, in return, uh, Disney uh, sent over Jessica Alba. Well, I mean, okay. Jose Alba. Okay. Okay. Like Done deal. I definitely think Bill got the better end if he got <laughs> Jessica Alba. Um, and then I got Sherwood Forrest Johansson. Are these confirmed nicknames? Um, yeah, I, I think might. We might they have to now. all. They yeah, we now. might have to all pitch in to get these. I the, feel bad that I, you know, I've, I've, had, I've had Johansson for four years and I didn't think of Forrest not once. Nice. <sighs> now he's probably going to be a utility guy. So I've got a guy that was just kind of thrown in. Uh. I've got a utility second baseman. I got Rick Blagden, by the way, if anybody would like Rick mm. Blagden. Talk Michael Sutherland in his 100 defense says hello. By the um, way, Johansson just barely makes the cut. Like, he might let him go out and play a little bit of second base. Well, he's, yeah, he's the utility. He's only guy. an 86, so it's like, it's close. And, and what's funny is, is he, 
he might not even he might get sent to triple a because <laughs> my howley guy can play the outfield too okay. um but rick blagden uh there's a good chance he gets outright cut wow that's insane to me i am sorry that really is um i might pitch him i might pitch him around a little bit um oh, so you're I... gonna pitch him like as a pitcher oh no no that'd be interesting that would um, be great if I if I can trade him, great. If I Blackton can't, only has a fifty-one in right field, so we can't even see the field out hey, in Long Island. Bill, just a just a word of advice: it's probably never a good idea to tell people you're going to cut him if you want to trade him at some point. Yeah, that gives away some money. <laughs> right, that's, that's true. Luckily for you, our listener base is only about thirty people, but unfortunately, there's only thirty people in the league. <laughs> now I will say, I do like I do you like this Tulu uh, Shanuni, even though he can't field. But uh, we'll see. We'll see okay. how he, he so I'm going to be honest. I had a hard time really keeping up. Mike, who's actually in this trade? Uh, well, I think scroll back to it. $7.1 million is also in this trade. Yes, $7.1 million. Oh, so you're taking, going you're taking a bribe. Yes, pretty much. That's exactly Basically, the key part of this trade for me is, the this, money. <laughs> this, is this sentence here that says, our available money will improve by $24.1 million. There okay. you go. So and listen, that's you, why guys, you don't spend money, folks. You guys killed me. I, I think this trade's worse. <laughs> I actually don't well, think it's worse. I just wanted to say that because all the eyes were on me. Yeah, I, and I will say I've got some other things in the works, so I might be in the in the the need for a DH. So Rick Legden <sighs> might slot right into DH. He might have just fell into a position. Well, and if you look at his if you look at his profile, man, he can absolutely mash mash right-handed hitting so it'd be you hard to just give that. up on him you would think that right but if you go look at his splits oh really uh, i i thought i'd looked at his splits i thought he i thought he, he actually hit hits lefties better than righties oh, let me take a quick peek here bill you know bill knows his i players. mean in 2027 he had 35 home runs versus righties you talk about last year yes oh last, last year. year yeah last year he anything that lefties. happened in disney last year does not get Oh, he did hit lefties okay. better, but if you look at the previous three years, Bill, he was he was like a 280 and like 30 home run guy versus well, righties. Well, that's good. Now, here's the other problem with that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel that at 85 Left-handed plus hitters in Long Island are terrible. Mm. Um, which is why Koga was that was that hurt a little bit. I don't know. I wish I could hurt and get 35 homers. I'm, I'm having a hard time finding that. Um, but no, he he might uh, he might slot in at DH, but I can tell you what, if he strikes out a 150 times like Koga did, <laughs> he's going to find himself knocking gonna, on the door again. He's going to be, he'll find himself on the end of a deal that net you another $7 million in financial relief. <laughs> right? $24 million in financial relief. Mm. Well, the thing is, is he's got no intangibles either. There's no speed. Just no tear the running. man down before he gets to town. Why don't you? I know, see? Good right. Lord. But oh. you got it. You got to admit, dude, he does have one of the sexiest mustaches in the league. Like the handlebars and everything. Like he's got the, he's got he's got it going on. Like it's definitely well groomed. He's smiling. You could see he has all of his own teeth. I mean, he's weird because his morale is very unhappy. He doesn't well, like losing. What can I say? Listen, he was in Disney. <laughs> he's he's smiling now because he's going to Long Island. That's true. That's true. This file has not been simulated yet. He is smiling in Disney. Hey, and for what it's worth, Bill, you said he didn't have a redeeming quality. Dude, he's literally got a hundred outfield arm. 
So he can't move, but once he gets there, they're not getting an extra base. That's true. That's so he true. could probably pitch. It's there, right? Probably play some third base, dude. Who knows? Yeah, he only has a one stuff though. So. <laughs> what? That's crazy. Very straight. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, all I right. Digress. You know what? Forget it. I, 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 I don't know. The contract. Can we talk nice. about the one thing that I'm interested in talking about right now? Who is the best fit for Keon Young? Not who's going to get him because it's probably going to be Orlando. Let's be honest. But who is you the think, best fit for? It's, you it's, think Orlando's going to get him? I mean. Scout's ridiculous, so possibly. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I personally I don't know who's got the most money left over. Like who's... Yeah, I personally the one the one that, that that's that kind of makes me scratch my head and he's on here, so maybe he can speak to it is I'm showing Dublin's in his top three. Yeah. So I don't I don't yeah. know if we're if we're planning on just <laughs> I'm seeing Orlando, Toronto, can, can, we, can we start two catchers? I have not made an offer for him, so I don't know why I would be in his top three. Do you see that, Shane? Yeah, I see it. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I was thinking the same thing. I, I, I saw I, that I, and it blew me away. I was like, I "Is this guy going for another catcher?" No, he wants I fifty actually, million in catchers. I, I, I went down to hit offer contract just to see what he was going for, and I accidentally hit offer minor league contract. Oh, honest to God, wouldn't that be the steal? <laughs> well, hey, the, the listen, <laughs> listen. I offered this dude twenty-four million a year. He gave him a minor league deal, and he's in his top three. What the hell? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's right. That's they right. do say that they uh, value. Uh, Playing time, so maybe it sees that Dublin needs a catcher. That's right. Yeah, there, <sighs> there's uh, ratings are going in the tank. I, think, I, I will do that. I just see, I see Dublin, Honolulu, and Tampa. I don't even see Orlando on yep. there. That's that, what I'm that's, why, that's why I'm trying to get a uh, Munson from you, uh, Mikey. <laughs> well, he's available. I, I just can't trade him, him before named, I give you an opportunity. I, I offered him a guy named Kim, and he wouldn't even accept it. It was crazy. Yeah, Jeff, well, if you want to trade me Granger, I'll I'll send you a Vittori. Huh. I don't, I don't know that. if you... I, Just you know, so I, I actually, can retire Granger. Actually... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will tell you, I'll tell you the team that's like, to me, the most interesting is Tampa Bay. Because if you look at Tampa's catching situation, like their catcher last year batted 186. Like, I don't want to say this is like Bill Lightning level, you know, for his shortstop, but like... If you can't even hit the Mendoza line, like there's a problem. Like if all of a sudden Keenan Young went to Tampa, like think about this for a second. You know, everybody has a different viewpoint, but like this catcher is like in the 60s on catching ability and arm compared to Young, who is, I want to say he's like in the 80s. I haven't looked, but I know he's really high. He's actually he's in, in the, the 90s. Range. Yeah, he's he's in the actually range. in the 90s. So I'm just think, I'm just saying this out loud. Think about this. So you have probably one of the three or four best defensive catchers because his defensive ability is a 90 his catching abilities uh, or his catcher rating is a 92 and you're going to pair that with Russick, Privet, and Pessler like dude Honolulu you better up the bid dude I do not want to see that on my on my side of the bracket I know I'm kind of late to the party because I missed a good portion of last season but I feel like Tampa Bay had the most uh underwhelming season based on what I thought they were going to have in the entire league last year. I thought they were just meh. I felt like Tampa Bay was exactly who we thought they were. I think the difference Russell is... Did get hurt again for a little yes, bit? He, he did. did. But I think that Cascadia and Toronto like really stepped up and I think that that's hey, what made it... I stepped up early. <laughs> we thought you would step up. You made the playoffs last year. 
Yeah. I'm saying these guys, both of these teams, you know, even though you did have a pretty significant improvement, I mean, Corey, like we talked about, he won like 26 additional games. Oh yeah, for sure. And even Archie, um, even Archie's team, you know, um, they won quite a few more games than last year. I want to say like seven or eight. So it's like, I think what happened is not necessarily that Tampa Bay got worse per se. I just think that division as a whole got better. That's an acceptable answer. I think they underperformed. I'm saying by it. You know who underperformed? Disney. Disney. Yeah, well. Yeah. You know what? Let's l- listen. Let's because I don't, I don't know how long he's going to be here. And, and right now we're just basically passing the buck. Shane's <laughs> been really quiet for a long time. Uh, he's already made three trades while since, we're talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> since Tanky, <laughs> I haven't seen a team lose 120 20 games. Shane, care to answer? How do your team go from a playoff team to a team that wins 42 and 120? Yeah, I mean, you can da, look da, at my da, 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 Breaking <laughs> news. Da, 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 da. And how did you do that without Mikey? Hey, by the way, the chat channel. So, by the so, way, so, hold up, hold up. I'm hold never up, getting Bowie now because I brought that up. Hold up. Hold up. I have breaking news as it relates there, to Shane. There was not a single triple A player brought up just for the fact of playing. If you look at the team I I rolled out there, they were all the PBA guys that you're currently seeing. I think the biggest thing was, and I never, as long as I've been playing in this game, OOTP, I've never looked at team chemistry. If you looked at my team chemistry, it was awful. It was whatever the worst setting is. So, I mean, Oh, like feuding, like feuding or something. Feuding, yeah. yeah, it was. Ooh, I've bad. never seen that. Can and, you share a snapshot? And um, well, I think losing 120 games, I'll do that. Well, no, no, it was <laughs> it was before that. That's the thing. It was well before that. Plus, yeah. I mean, we could go across the diamond. Everyone, for the most part, minus Bowie, underperformed. It's frustrating. Um, I'm not this year. I'm fielding. I mean, the, Bowie is the disruptive person in the right. I, dude, I was just I was trying to help him out, dude. But you know what? <laughs> He wants I mean, to keep that disruptive. How presence. many game, What's his winning percentage, percentage since he traded Chris Hill? Let's let's start there. Um, I mean, probably not that. Chris great. Hill with Chris, his Chris Hill is certainly with his twenty-one flat. stuff. By the way, he's done, Brian. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, one forty-two games that wasn't in the cards. I mean, I kind of just rolled the team out there without disrupting too much in terms of trading. This year, I'm just trying to kind of, um, uh, kind of you know, improve the team. One big thing was I had a lot of lefty bats. So this year I picked up Duncan, Dylan Duncan. Duncan is an insanely fucking incredible signing for you. Nine so, million for you. I was so jealous when you got him. He he can hit left and right. Um, there's some outfield guys that I'm starting. So I'm starting to mix in some righty bats, to hit some of the lefties. So, I mean, it was a mix of the team chemistry and I rolled out lefties. So if I faced a lefty, I was losing that game. So but you got him for not under $10 million a year. I think that's an incredible value signing. Like, oh, you know what? That's a, that's a really good point though. Cause you know what? I appreciate you bringing that up, Shane. Like I don't, I don't focus that much on chemistry, but you know, I've also won 90 plus games like each of the last three or four years. So it's like, brag. yeah, well, you know, I've been getting beat up. All, <laughs> I've been getting beat up all pod. So like the point being is, is that maybe, you know, if things kind of shifted and didn't go right at the beginning of the year, like maybe all of a sudden it becomes a train wreck really quick because my thing was the thing that, that, that totally shocked me the most when I looked at it, cause I do, I follow that kind of stuff, like odd trends. If you look at your team, Shane, and I'm sure you've done this because you had to think like, what the hell, like this is almost verbatim, the same team that you rolled out the previous year yeah. that 
like had like 35 more wins. So like so you like want it, me, it doesn't I, it didn't make sense. So so you ready for this trends, right? So I just pulled up my my infograph. If I look at my month uh winning percentage by month, April, May, June, July, August, September. All right, in April I was, you know, 384, not great, but not really, you know, still doable, right? Beltran also went down I think as well in that month. In May I hit 392, so about even. June I hit 259, July uh, three, 333 in August and September, I a hundred winning. Percentage. Wow. So it, it, it fell off. Like all the same players I rolled out there. I wasn't doing anything crazy. It just, it, the, the chemistry just hanged. It was bad. So any, 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 um, truth to the speculation that, uh, Milwaukee may be looking for a new GM. Uh, I will We're not talking to the so and, he's being and, and, awfully quiet over there with all these quote unquote trades. I'm just asking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So was I, I, I was, are you, you guys talk amongst yourself. I'm sending a message to Shane offline. Go ahead. You know, you're, you're, you're fine. Um, so I do, I do find it. I do find it interesting how much of a, a change that you had Shane. And like you said, I appreciate you kind of contributing that to, um, chemistry, you know, and like I said, I do think it's kind of an underrated or undervalued thing because a lot of these teams that, you know, ha have been very fortunate with, with, um, let's just say their winning percentage, you know, like if you look on my team, like I have like Matt Grayson, who's an unmotivated player, Ryan, you know, rich, rich Nunn, who's quote unquote, a selfish player, Henry Luna, who's selfish, Chris Morgan, who now everybody loves, he's outspoken, but the point the point being is, is that these problems don't really come up, right? If you're winning, but if things turn sideways, they come up in a hurry. So like, I appreciate you bringing that up because it is kind of one of those things that, you know, we focus a lot on the ratings. We focus a lot on what we think these guys are going to develop into, but at least in this league, I don't think that we really focus much on that aspect, right? Like the team cohesion aspect of it. So I, I definitely appreciate that. You got any final thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, my only final thought is, is I agree with him because um, I've had it happen in other leagues where whenever you have like similar players and, you know, your, your team is just doing much worse than you think. Um, that's one of the things to look for. Um, the other one is, oddly enough, it's usually fielding. I've noticed that like when my team is doing way worse than I expected, it's either there's a chemistry problem or my team can't field. And like, cause basically my, my pitching it, you know, more, I'm like, why is, you know, these pitchers are too good to be giving up this many, their ERA shouldn't be this high. You go look at your, you know, team home, click on the info tab and you go down and you're like, Oh, I'm last in the league and fielding. Um, now, usually by the time you figure that out, it's, too right. late in that season um, and you uh, end up having to make some drastic off season changes. So. Appreciate it. Jeff, any final thoughts on that? Uh, you know um, what, what Shane was talking about as far as, you know, team chemistry. I mean, his team won 30, I want to say 35 less games. And for the most part, yeah. he had the exact same <laughs> roster in place. So uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? If you want to expand it all on what, what Bill was saying. I was yeah, well, hold on, I, mm -hmm. real quick. I, I was briefly uh, plugged in. Rob keeps messaging me. He asked me to let everyone know 
that Montreal is looking to make more significant changes and is in the discussions on multiple fronts. Um, but I do have it on good authority that there is one team he will not trade with, and I will not disclose yes. said team publicly. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. You always turn our podcast into a train wreck. I know it's like, he just like mic drop, explosion. Sorry for cutting you off, but I've missed this very much. Jeff, please, <laughs> please save us and oh, tell me. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about chemistry real quick. Yeah, yeah when it's going bad, it snowballs. Um, I had basically the same, most of the same personnel last year and this year. And at the end of last year, um, my chemistry was terrible at the end of the uh, the. Uh, end of two years ago, my chemistry was terrible when I had a losing record. And this year, every everyone was happy. So, yeah, a lot of it has to do with the the winning percentage. So, um, Dublin's making the playoffs this year, right? Absolutely. Who's not who's, making the playoffs? Who's the team that's not making it, or or teams? Uh, your division specifically, obviously. Hey, by the yeah. way, just remember now. I know you made a comment before, <laughs> but I got Chris Morgan. He's the savior. I, that that is true. That is true. Your your, your window is closing. And uh, he just uh, pried it's, it open with a pry open. for you. So it's, it's wide, wide open, open now. now. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'm going to say Cas- Cascadia. Is it Cascadia or Casca- Cascadia? I have no you idea. You could say both. It's both. Yeah. Neither, neither one of them are yeah. making the playoffs. Yep. O- only because I I, uh, I was two two games behind them um, last year. You know so, what's funny? I'll say them. I'm sorry, but sorry, I was having back or not back connection. No, you're good. You go ahead. I finished. So I just want to say this real quick because Sorry, I do have Bill and Jeff here. So, you know, because we're instigators. So you're also saying that Bill's not going to make the playoffs next year as well. That's correct. <laughs> um, why would I not make the playoffs? I'm going to win my day. Oh, I don't know. There hey, you, go. You, you know what I do find interesting? It's, it's, it's kind of a point Brian brought up earlier. We were talking about looking at trades retrospectively and about a season and a half ago we're all like in chat we're like lol look at the trade jeff made with uki and now we're like yo like are we sure goalie or sanchez aren't better than uki like retrospect man <laughs> hey i, I say Cas- cascadia i met cologne i've yeah. finished two games behind cologne that's who's Every, gonna make everyone the knows cologne isn't making the playoffs next yes. year sorry mark it depends on Nate Cole and if his arm holds on for one more season, likely. But he did get a 36-year-old Aguilar, so there's that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Mark's done a great job holding on to what he has, but at some point it's just going to it's gonna be Kentucky. You know what I mean? So you guys were laughing at me about the Yuki trade? Let's oh, go back everybody to was laughing at you about the Yuki trade. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't even remember who who that was involved. That's in that. but that's what I'm saying. Like, see, like this is a perfect example. Not laughing at you, Jeff. We're just like, uh-huh. but no. But this is a perfect example. Of what I'm talking about. You go back two, three years ago, and you're like, oh my god, this is a terrible trade. Like, How is Jeff that don't a know bad what he's trade? Doing. Double and got a then, bunch of people. And then yep. all of a sudden, like Yuki turns into like a t- a top five pitcher in mm-hmm. the league. Yuki was being dominant for that, like like stretch dude i think that's what the main conversation was about but i think like i said i think the problem is and i'm sorry jeff i'm gonna give it to you right now but like i think the problem is is when you grab these prospects like you're looking at what they're gonna turn into and there is a bit of a gamble but if they hit then you're good if they're not if they don't hit the trade's gonna look terrible so it's there's an inherent risk with grabbing prospects but if they're a higher end prospect like for example like morgan the hit probability, like you're assuming that that hit probability is going to be much higher than if it's like a guy in rookie league who's only developed one out of four stars or something. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. Um, when I made the trade, Sanchez was a, a five-star potential. Um, go, 
goalie, he's improved a lot, but he was either a 3.5 or 4 star potential at the time. Belize was a 3.5 star potential starting pitcher. And I got two good uh, hitting prospects. So I was happy at it with it at the time. And I'm even more happy now that uh, that goalie's developed so much. He'll be humble a, brag. Humble brag. Humble brag, yeah. Has, has and, no uh, one touched on the podcast about how Kurt Borland put up a four and a half war with only 100 games last year? That's pretty nuts. Uh, no, but I did uh, point out that uh, Jeffrey Brenson had a higher war than Kurt Borland. <laughs> Several times, actually. I, I'm, I'm confused. Did Brenson have a good year last year? I, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, listen, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, Bill, but I looked in Stats Plus. He only had a 2.1 war. That's right. I know. I don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> well, well, yeah, for offense. <laughs> Why did Borland – oh, never mind. That's Kempo. Never mind. I was looking at the top players list right now, and I noticed that uh, – which I totally don't look at. But I, I, I totally was looking through, and I think Woram Che has the potential to be the greatest player we've ever had in our engine. Uh, well, I mean, you. maybe from a war standpoint, but obviously he's not going to necessarily break a lot of, like, power numbers and stuff, but – Chicks do, do well, I don't know what, what they were seeing them in Vegas though, do with a 40 power hit 18 home runs last year. So Brent Brentson's only a 66 defender. Is he uh, good enough to be playing in your outfield? Oh no. Uh, but he hits 25 homers a year, so that's where he kind of well <laughs> he'll turn a blind eye to his favorite player. Like that's I said, right. mo- exactly. most of the defense is up the middle. So it's short, second, and center are the yeah, ones that staff. Are, are more important. I'm just going to keep it real. I want a paternity test to see if Bill is actually related to Benson because he he favors him way more than any of the – he wanted to get around Mahara and he had an 80 defense. He's like, he can't play defense. This kid's got a 60 D. He's like, well, you know, it's, he's pretty good. You know, he's, he's uh, developing. He's got a – you know, he's in the corner outfield spot. I, I, I definitely think he may be an uncle, father, something. There's something going on there. Hits. He's my favorite player in the entire game. All I'm Possibly. saying is there's something very similar to what's going on between Mike and his kids. That's all I'm saying. Can we just name him, like, nickname him Otani or something just for, for, for fun's sake? No, he's well, going mean, to If it means anything to you, I did pick up that uh, Rule 5 uh, Bagana Chitana. It means that, nothing to uh, me, Bill. Thank you, though. Hey, Say that I'm saying times, he's a 100 fielder in left, 96 <laughs> in center. Oh, like, why, am he, I, why am I not surprised by that? Dope well, name, though. You know, I know, right? Bagana Chitana. He's very boxy. I've been <laughs> Bill, is, Bill is the only GM in the league. You could bat like 190. But if you, you're amazing defensively, he's like, well, you can play on my team. <laughs> hey, man. My, well, I got, uh, you missed it, Mikey. But Michael, Michael Sutherland, he got a contract extension this offseason. <laughs> Dude hits 207. You're on my team, bro. Yep. No, no, I've already been looking at him in his uh, negative four award for the season, but uh, point that... four, sir. Negative point four. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> let me, let yeah. me accurately... Don't say negative four because dollars per war that would be really do bad. You, but do you know how crazy that is? Like the game shows him as a minus two point six offensively. He was that good defensively where he made up for all his. De- yes. Yes. Like oh, I'm I'm saying negative point four. Yes. Negative yes, we're, point. Yes. We're, four. Let's okay. all continue gotcha. to correct Mikey. Got it. Yes. yes. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. It's okay. Didn't but hey, man, he put up again. a he had a fifteen point one zone rating. Who got only the gold nine glove errors, over him? Four hundred eighty two assists. Who stole his gold glove? Do you know? Uh, and he had sure one triple. Was my guy. 
Uh, no, I think it was, was it your guy or the Cascadia guy? No, I'm pretty sure shortstop. My, my guy won shortstop. <laughs> Look at Michael Sutherland. Yeah, my guy won the, the short, Laheb Quitez won the, uh, the shortstop gold glove this year with a 20.4 zone rating. Okay. Yeah, you should have traded that guy a long time ago. Yeah, you were right on that one too, Mike. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> I can develop guys. I just can't make sure they produce once they get there. Listen, I'm now starting to understand Mike's strategy. Everybody thinks he's brilliant. What he does is get like 190 prospects that are all three and a half star. Yeah, and eventually then, one will hit. And yeah. then eventually one will hit, right? Because yep. he told me to trade this guy like five times. He's like, dude, this guy's not going to be that in good. In fairness, I told him to trade it when he was 100% all in on winning a championship and Ed, Edwin Gasket was still a viable yeah. shortstop. And I so, told him, you're crazy. I said, you're no. crazy. He didn't. Well, I did. That exact sentence came out. I said, there's no way I'm trading him for Gaska. Gaska's a whale of a player, man. I'll say. Which, by the way, since we're on the topic and we haven't really argued much lately, I got to bring this up because I said potential future Hall of Fame, Famer Gaska retired. And Bill, as the historian of the league, you were pretty quick to point out, you're like, dude, like this guy's not a potential Hall of Famer. He's like not even that good. And I do have Mikey on who's got a, a man crush on Gaska. So I wanted to ask you yeah, first. Gaska Bill, and his, his, his five healthy seasons. Come on. So <laughs> how much would Bill without looking? Knowing defensiveness, well, well, shit. You know, now that I'm looking, I'm gonna, <laughs> he put up a 56 war compared to John against 44 war, whatever. Um, obviously they're different players, right? But who would you say the better player was historically? Like, would you immediately go Gaska? Over who? Jarnigan. Does Jarnigan reach Gaska's war, which is plus 10 on? Like Jarnigan, if he can over the next four or five years get to 10 war, which isn't a guarantee, but within the realm of possibility. Um. Uh, like, like, well, like, I'm a little biased because um, I, I Jarnigan was like my second favorite player of the inaugural draft. He was my third favorite player. I actually almost drafted Jarnigan in Freeman in the same draft. Wow. Um, yeah, and then I took him ahead of you. Yeah. Um, but and, and I'll let, let's be clear. Wait, 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 wait Bill. I don't Before have a problem there. with Gaska. Hold on, I have a problem with other people complaining about the other players. Okay, let me ask you a question, Bill, since you're here too, and since we're both here together. If Joe, okay, so Gaska, like, he's, 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 come on, he's a Hall of Famer. Let, let's, let's get to the bullshit eh, here. We'll see. If, if you're not going to let him get in first ballot, that's fine. Listen, if, if, if Gaska, hold on, wait, no, hold on, let me finish my point before I lose it. I'm blonde. Let, give me a second. That if Jarnigan makes, if, if Jarnigan total, if, if he reaches total war that Gaska has, which is about 10 off, does that make Gaska more or less of a Hall of Famer? Dead ass serious question. The only reason why I'm saying Gaska is not a Hall of Famer is solely out of spite. Well, I wish you would have said that when I posted my little thing in the PBR newsletter channel, and you're like, no, that guy's not a Hall of Famer. You have well, to read through his bullshit. We've right. You know, right. I had a hard time. It's just the whole, like, so obviously I'm biased. Wally Higgs, Grandpa, PBA. Right, guy was raking at forty-two, and uh, somebody else just had it. I don't, it might have been Gas. Did somebody There's... say Wally Higgs wasn't going to get in? Yeah, like everybody's like he's not going to fucking get in. He only Be... played five years. Blah, okay, blah, blah. and then he's judged based on playing five years because he came in at thirty. I know, but what I'm saying is, is like twenty-three GMs don't feel that way. I think the problem too is all guys get in. So I we're think the... this... but I think the problem too is is that you have to take things into context, right? Like. The league has literally only been in, in existence 10 years. 
So if he's played half of the time that the league's been in existence, like for somebody to be like, no, he's not a Hall of Famer. Like, okay, outside of like the absolute, like no doubter first ballot Hall of Famers, like, like Suzuki, which Bill, I I know you love that guy as well. Not voting for him either. Like, I don't, I don't know who, who you would vote for because I I would vote for Suzuki. I look at a guy like, like Gaska, right? Okay. So in 10 years, he was an MVP. He was an MVP. We know that there's only 20 of those guys in the history of the league. Here's the beauty of Gaska. Gaska put up, um, and again, it's just out of spite. Gaska put up all of these numbers in a neutral park. If you go look at Kentucky's park, they are literally like, I can't remember if they're the one that's like 1.0, 1.0, 1.0, or if they're the ones that's like 0.999, 0.999. Like, he crushed it. That was going to be saying, the point that I made. He actually led the league in home runs at at, in, uh, at at the age of 30 in the year 2020 in a ballpark that wasn't even hitter friendly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. And and not only that, his mo- the majority of his games outside of his ballpark were in the FRL, who also didn't have a lot of home run parks. Right. The ARL's so- early years, they had like four of the most – Wiffle ball parks. Oh, seen. don't I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, good lord, the, the 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 tirades that Bill and myself went on the first couple seasons, where Gary was like, "Shut the fuck up already!" Like, well, and to be years. fair, I mean, it, early on, it was literally because I'm a big records guy. Like, I was even telling uh, As am I. Mikey, like, yeah. I like, I try to gather people on my team so that I can have longevity and like. Like history races, like oh, is somebody going to break the Long Island strikeout record or right. or things like that? Yes, it was Koga. like season one, and it was like, well, there's the home run record, right? Like it got to the point where we're like, we can never catch that. Like, oh, dude, that's... in the Honolulu hit 89 home runs. Guess that's yeah. there you go. Like, like and what's what's bad about that is, is Suzuki would have had more than that that season had he not got hurt. He was hurt for two months, right, or like six weeks or something crazy. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like six or seven weeks in. It was just one of those things where I was like, is that really what we want? Like each yeah. home run, each I I feel like with each sim, me and Bill are growing angrier and angrier by the sim. Yeah, it was, it was it was bad. So do you feel like do you feel like at this point now, Bill, like through the evolution of the league, do you feel like now we're at a point where like if if we're looking at like let's just see like the home run records from the last couple of years or batting average for the last couple of years, do you feel like now we're at a point as a league where we can say, okay, you know what, that was actually a really good performance considering where the league's at, where the competition levels at, and and where the ballparks are at. Um, I mean it's it's definitely still you still have to fucking it's scroll. definitely better. I think I also think the game engine's a little better. Um, I think. Uh, you know, obviously the, the the pitching has gotten better. Montana's park hasn't changed. <laughs> hold, hold, hold on a sec. <laughs> uh, one thing about Bill, man, I'll just tell you how it is. Um, but like, and and like for example, and and what I mean by the game and the engine is like when we first started playing. I can't remember what were we what were we on nineteen. Uh, yeah, two thousand nineteen. So yeah. when we played on nineteen, Montana's park was about 30 or 40% higher than cores. Wow. Okay. It was insane, dude. But not only, and, and this is what I was trying to explain too back then, it was like, it wasn't just the home run rating. It was also that the doubles and triples were reduced. 
Like if you look at cores, cores has extra base hits up across the board. And the way it works, obviously, is if you took a pool of a thousand singles or a thousand base hits and chop them up into those different, you know, oh, home runs are yeah. 1.4, doubles or whatever. Well, they lowered doubles, lowered triples, and jacked up homers. So it was either a home run or a single. Now, what I mean by the engine changing is if you look at the current MLB parks, Philadelphia actually has more home runs than cores. And they're up to like 1.2 something. So it's more the the engine and the park ratings have kind of caught up to each other. Does so, Montana yes, I, need a humidor? Um, I, they do. Um, I think they just need their doubles and triples bumped up. But <laughs> uh, and, and again, they're not the only ones. Like they're they they took a Honolulu's lot of Honolulu's parks change now, and Honolulu is just as bad. Yeah. Well, and I, the thing about it was, is Montana had the highest average. Right. Remember, he also some of the other ones actually stuff, had higher, like left-handed or right-handed. Like one of them was up at like one point five or one point seven. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> but their other one was way lower. Um, so it was just, it was just, I think, uh, uh, both between the ratings and how the game engine works, and and uh. it it's just the way it was. I mean, it, it has nothing to do with how far the distance is because I ran. You know, I ran uh, simulations on 2019 uh, with Arizona in an MLB season. Put the, you know, you can put the fences out 600 feet, but if you put the rating, the home run rating is like 1.8, you're going to hit home runs, right? Cause and, if, and if you put the fences in at like 250 and you put the home run rating down to 0.5, you're not going to hit home runs. So the, the fences themselves don't, don't do anything. It's not the height of the fence. It's the, the ratio. It's not yeah, the, it's because it's, it's just a sim game, right? I mean, gotcha. the, the game decides it's a home run and then calculates how far it was hit based on where the fence is. It says you hit a home run to center field. Whether that center field fence is 600 feet or 200 feet, it's just going to be like, oh, it went 205 feet. Got it. So, but either way, to answer your question roundaboutly, uh, yes, I think now... Like we have, like the statistics now, I think are, are are perfectly fine across the board. It's fine. Like we have enough uh, array of you know hitters parks, pitchers parks, neutral parks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 not that uh, that different. Uh, I think anymore. I want to ask Jeff a question. I want to ask you each of you a question. I'm going to save uh, Bill and and. Uh... Mikey for last because you guys have been in the league longer. Well, can I ask a question first? No. Sure. Question. Okay. Why not? So, so, would we all agree that Nasir's like in route to Hall of Fame just based on his name and his accord? Would Would you believe, Bill, that I think I said I guess I'm telling you something. I asked you a question. Would you be, Would you believe that Nasir, for all the hype and all the love he gets, he's only at 32 WAR in 10 seasons versus Higgs 25.7 in five seasons? Just saying. Is this Steve? Yes. yes. Just saying. Well, I, I get it. He's universally I, loved. I, I do, but I also, for what it's worth, because I think you can equate value differently, well, but I think I think that if you're just solely looking at war... Which is what doing, most people do. Right, I understand, but I also think you're doing players a disservice because... You're talking, you're talking about a guy that's played in the league over 10 years and literally has an on-base percentage of 433. I mean, like, 
that that alone, I'm not saying he's going to get in the Hall of Fame, but he literally just his on base percentage. He, he, gets, he literally gets on base every other at bat, and he's led the league in walks three times, and he's had over a hundred walk five out of ten seasons. Like the dude's got an incredible eye. He's a guy that's going to always get on base, and he's always going to be a run producer. Like he's going to score for you a lot. Fair. I agree. Correct. I don't. Once again, I'm saying he's probably going to end up being the Hall of Very Good and this not year? Hall of Famer. Yeah, because I think that the way that people are going to view, I think most people view based off of WAR and based yeah, off man. of home runs, right, or OPS. But I think on base percentage, I think is a very, very undervalued stat in baseball in general, especially in OTP, because you could have a guy that hits home runs, right? He's going to hit me 30 home runs a year. And he's a 260 hitter, right? With a two like 290 on base percentage, and then I could have a guy that hits five home runs, who's a 300 hitter, but he's a 450 on base percentage guy. I'd rather have that guy. But like you know how I play, like I I don't want a guy that gets on base less than, you know, 30 percent of the time. Like I need a guy to get on base in order to you know, be able to put, you can't score if you can't get on base. You know what I mean? And you need, you need those guys that can get on base the same way that you need guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Like there has to be a, a happy medium. If all you have is guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. And I don't feel like I'm saying anything to be rude because if Scott was here, he'd tell you the same thing, but Orlando has literally set their team up like that. And that's the reason why it's very hit or miss with his team, because when they're on and they hit, they can beat anybody in the league, but when they miss and they're not hitting home runs, they'll lose games for nothing. So, I mean, it really depends on how you want to play the game, but if you just try to hit home runs, I just think that the way that the baseball file is set up in general, you're going to have a lot of games where all your big hitters are going to whiff and you're going to lose games to nothing. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have those games where, like I always would say, Orlando is one of my least favorite teams to play because it doesn't matter right. how good or bad they are. It's like you can lose two out of three. Um, but to answer your question, yes, Wally Higgs was a far better player than Steve this year. <laughs> it always comes back to Wally Higgs. Right. We're, that's going to be the actual nickname for Brinson. Yeah. Jeff, Wally Higgs, Wally Higgs Brinson. Hey Jeff, I wanted to ask you what the, the question that I was kind of kind of getting at here before we no no that's okay. The question I kind of was wanted to get to before we got sidetracked here a little bit is you've been in this league a little bit now and you've kind of seen the league mature. We've kind of pretty much been together as a group the entire time that you've been here, outside of maybe one or two GMs. You're one of the last guys here. So I wanted to get a feel for you <clears throat> in the leagues that you play in. How competitive do you feel like the PBA is in comparison to other leagues? And what do you think the most difficult part is about the PBA compared to whether it be online leagues you play in by yourself, other leagues that you play in? Um, I just want to get your thoughts on that, and then I'm going to throw it over to the other guys. Yep, I can honestly say this is the uh, most competitive online league I've ever played in because it's the only online league I've ever played in other than a couple <laughs> weeks about six years ago, so... Yeah, uh, the competitiveness is, uh, is, is what I love about it. Um, everyone's involved. Um, I've done fantasy baseball forever, and, you know, 
it always everyone always starts out enthusiastic at the beginning of the season and then halfway through the season everyone's dropped out <laughs> so i hated that so this is this is uh like that but 100 times better i think in terms of competitiveness competitiveness and just the the, the whole ootp game in general hey bill okay i appreciate that jeff Bill, I know you've played in you're, – you're more like me in the sense that, like, I play in, like, six, seven leagues. I'm, I'm kind of crazy like that. I know you are as well. So what's your thoughts on that? How would you say the PBA stacks up from a competitive standpoint toward, you know, compared to other leagues? And then what do you think the hardest part about navigating the PBA as compared to some of the other leagues is? Uh, well – I'm sure I could talk about this for quite a while, um, but I'll try not to. Um, Take your time, sir. Uh, well, no, but I mean, like, uh, I, I do. So, like, the you know, we actually talked about this a little bit, I think, before we got on the pod. Um, I am in, like, seven leagues. 7,328 leagues. Um, I, I'm actually, I actually commish one now. Um, I actually have to commish the wild card uh series uh this evening um for mine it's an 80s historical league um i don't like that one nearly as much as this one um but i i do like the uh activity like the, the thing that makes i think leagues fun um because even like this one and i have another one that i consider like you know one of my co-favorites or whatever is that there's there's usually a lot of uh participation either you know in slack or you know here we've got the podcast we've got and and whether it's you know back and forth banter or it's me bitching like uh it's usually you bitching i know um and and a lot of times i bitch just you know i have this devil's advocate issue um i always like to try to you know i i don't like definitive statements so if, if there's a definitive statement i usually try to argue the other side uh, whether or not I agree, um, uh, just to try to, you know, get different opinions out on the table. Um, but I do like, I, I love our export rates, right? Like even some of the, some of the guys who may not, you know, poke their head into Slack, uh, often they're obviously still exporting, uh, exporting, you know, yeah. making changes and stuff. I, I, I think that makes a, a good community. Um, I think everybody's, uh, trying to make their, you know, the best team they can. Um, and even when their team isn't doing well, like, you know, we've talked about Shane's team didn't have a great year, but his export rate was still, he didn't like just dip out. Right. Um, hey, and real quick, not to cut you off, Bill, but I just want to say this because just because I know how competitive all of us are, and I'm, I'm really hoping Shane listens to this. I don't know if you guys caught it, but when I said like, "Hey, dude, what, what's up?" I noticed your team pretty much sucked this year. You see how defensive he got? <laughs> like, like nobody wants to somebody be like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, your team was pretty pretty hot garbage this year." Like the like you were saying, like the competitive nature that we all have, you know, and these quote unquote little e guys. Like nobody wants to lose, and that's the reason why I really appreciate this league. There's nobody here going, you know, like, uh, you know, hey, well... uh, I'm gunning for the first stop, Mike. I'm gunning for the first overall pick, right? Like everybody wants to win. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Bill. Mike, don't um, say it. Yeah, just because you know, that's a whole nother topic. But in, and, and that's what, what I mean is like, even if they have to switch gears 
right? And like decide like, hey, my team's not doing so well. So let me try to gear towards the future. Whether that means, you know, cutting a guy to, to, to fit more of your, even like your play style, right? Like, like even the trade, honestly, that I just made with Mikey. A lot of that is to get some other guys that fit my team mentality better into Same the lineup, here. right? Yeah. Like I want to get Agani into second base. I literally had him stay in the minors all last year learning how to play second base so right. he could be my second baseman. Right. Um, so he's got to play. So he's coming up to play second, got to move it. And just having those, like you said, even with, uh, what was it Orlando or Honolulu? You know, yeah. Just good, the mashers. It's nice to see like a different, uh, different uh, types of teams. Different and, philosophy, and right? You're right. And, and, and again, even with the, you know, some of the, the, the parks being different, right? I'm not as, it's not that big of a deal anymore, but like you take those, you know, parks like Montana, they've got the big lefty power hitter park. You've got, uh, I can't remember if it's Oakland or Cleveland. They've got like a super pitcher's park. Like mine is is adjusted to like righties do better. So it's like you've got all these different parks and all these different team makeups and all these guys. And some of the, the, the GMs are new to the game and it's great that they're learning and they're, they're participating. Uh, I think that's cool because I remember when I was first getting on uh, to you know to playing online it took me years to even like reach out like i remember wanting to play online and just never did and i would spend like 1200 hours offline every otp game right oh, just Lord. playing yeah just playing wow. playing playing and because mm-hmm. I, I, I like the game that much because i love stats i love career modes i love dynasties and things like that um so once i got to online obviously i was like oh my god this is amazing i don't play offline anymore um, yeah i don't either yeah and now i've just got all these different leagues that i'm um i'm participating in and and you know building out my teams and it's just super fun and uh you know i think as long as you you know keep participating and you know like i said mostly it's it's exports because i think the export rate is what drives that competitiveness um because you know that every team trying to be competitive i think makes more fun it's kind of like like i like games where i lose i like because if you always win it's not fun right so i think i don't know i really like winning well i understand i would, I, 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 would agree I think it's you. fun to win against <laughs> people when they're also trying to win correct that's, that's but, a good point but like when you are you know like, it's like if you when you're playing it, the AI and you win 140 yes. games, it's not the same feeling. Right. Like even when I play against, like when I played offline, I still simmed all the games. Right. Like there would be like, what I would do is, is I'd pick a pitcher that I like the most and I would do the hitting of that game. And that was it. <laughs> like, wow. That was all I did. So it was like, I would like manage 30 games a year and just move on. Like, that's why I was in like 112 seasons. I had to kill myself three times because my, my, <laughs> my manager was too old. He's like, to... look, dude, you can't even manage at this point. You got dementia. Right. So I would just make like <laughs> William Richardson the second. So yeah, I had to retire myself. And then, but that, that would give you the objective of like, Oh, let me try to beat my old manager's records. So no, I just, uh, I think the export rates, I think, 
you know, some of the things Gary brings in with the pinpoint system and this, yeah, you know, the decade draft keeps it interesting. Um, it's my favorite aspect. I know, about the I, know I, I might, <laughs> Gary, I know I might give you a hard time sometimes, but it's mostly I'm just trying to help, uh, even though it might not seem that way. Um, I, I think Gary does an amazing job running the league, but I, I totally think that he appreciates, you know, guys like you keeping him on his toes and uh, keeping him honest and, and helping him even like, you know, the things like the numbers earlier today. Like I definitely think that Gary is appreciative of that. And I'm super appreciative of the fact that he's a very stable GM. Like if he says, Hey, we're running the sim at nine o'clock, like that it, you know, runs at nine o'clock or you know, what, whatever the time is, he's very, <laughs> very consistent typically. Um, you know, I have other leagues where it's like, Hey, we're simming on Tuesday and like, I'll show up and like, like nobody says a word and it's like, oh, okay, I guess we're not simming, <laughs> you know? So it, it, it can be, it can be kind of uh, hit or miss, but Mike, I want to give you an opportunity at this. And then I have another question for you too, um, that, that I got to ask because uh, I think it'll, I think it'll hit close to home, but so what, what, what's your thoughts? I know you guys, you play in a couple different leagues and I know that they're pretty competitive, but what do you, what's your thoughts on the PBA and how competitive it is compared to other leagues that you're in? And then what, in your opinion, makes the PBA unique compared to other leagues that you've played in? Well, we have Gary. So that, that puts us ahead of the boat right there in terms of being unique, if you will. Very interesting personality, but um, all, all, all kidding aside, I've ever only played in three leagues. Uh, I was in one league for 30 seasons, um, and then I'm no longer in that league. The other league I've been in was a league that myself and Gary and about 10 of the other guys who started this league came from called the ABL. You're in that league now. Um, that's still going on. That's 30-plus seasons, and then this one's 10-plus seasons. What I find um, interesting is now I when you guys are in a lot of leagues, and, that, and that, that's great. That's fine. I, I feel like I was fortunate to come across multiple leagues that had a lot of activity with a lot of uh, you know consistency in terms of exporting and stuff. PBA, I, I, I couldn't honestly put it above the other two, but nor could I put the other two above PBA as it turned to competitiveness. Um, each league is different. Each league has learned from the other league. The ABL started from the other league. Um, this started from the ABL. So it's kind of like I've been a part of the same, a lot of the same guys, a lot of the same family for over 12 plus real life years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've been fortunate in that regard to have been around a lot of the same people for a long time. As we all get, you know, older and shit, time goes by fast and we're busy as shit. So being able to find somewhere that I can enjoy and being around you guys, like I, I kind of think Bill said it kind of best uh, as it relates to just winning and stuff. Like winning's cool. Like that's fine. Competing against people that want to win. Yeah, that, that's cool. But like I'm more so joining a league because I want to be around the people that are in the league, if that makes sense. Like I could be spending my time. I mean, I'm sitting down in a lobby avoiding my children and wife right now to be doing this podcast. So I have to like what I'm doing in order to be doing that. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. So, I mean, and Gary does a fucking great job. I mean, no complaints for me. So, all right. So I have one more question before we talk briefly about free agency and, um, about this. Uh, Are we going to talk about Brody Stanley? Because I was told we were going to talk about Brody Stanley. You That can be in your excerpt at the end. Okay. But, uh, and the, and he we talked about the historic he players. Was in, he, he, he was with Cleveland to begin. He almost won a championship <laughs> with Cleveland. Like, was, was no that one rooting for that story? Like, my eye, like, I'm literally watching the playoffs. I was like, why isn't nobody commenting about this? Why isn't somebody running press releases about how it's came full circle? Why isn't anyone yeah. talking about how Fox News, Fox Sports is doing like a, docu-series on Brody leading up to it, like has cameras in the locker room like where like where's all the PRs like because you because you and and Kevin are the only ones that like Brody Stanley at this point well <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just I kidding 
Brody, I'm just kidding. He's, he's, like, happily, he's, married. Mad at me. he's happily married. So I wanted to ask you guys this because I thought this is interesting because, you know, as a uh, as a uh, an OTP, we'll say newbie because they're PBA's, not that new when you're in seven leagues. Brian. P- yeah, but the PBA was the first league I ever joined. So, I mean, I've literally only been playing since 2020. So, I mean, I haven't been playing that long relative compared to you guys. So I just wanted to ask, one of the things that I hear a lot of people talk about is the influx of talent when a league first starts. Like you get a lot of, you get a lot of really, really, really high end players that seem to last a while, but in this particular league and Bill, I think you'd be a good person to ask because you have, you've played in several leagues, but I, I kind of feel like in this league, it feels like there's always a ready supply of new talent as compared to some of my other leagues where in the first round, like you might be drafting two and a half star guys. Like they're just not the same level of talent. You're supposed to sim out the guys before you start the league though. You're supposed to sim out 20 seasons I, and then wipe the records. I, I get it, but right, like Bill, I said, would you agree? I, I just want to get your guys' perspective on I mean, you guys can talk about that if you want, but how do you do it, Bill? Do you specifically do you sim out? What's your thoughts on the amount of talent in the PBA kind of year over year? Because it seems like every year, like we're getting a Borland or an Eric Q, like these guys that are going to potential or, or Adam Coke or these guys that are going to be top five guys, you know, potentially at their, their given position. Um, well, so from a talent standpoint, actually, I, I just heard something in, in a, one of the, my other league slacks the other day that, uh, may or may not be true. It sounds feasible. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, you know what? Then we should share it. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I mean. Is so. <laughs> so, outside of what Mikey said, because I had mentioned this, you know, in the chat channel as well. Like, you know, they do recommend for a fictional league, mm-hmm. and that's where the key is, because a lot of the leagues that I'm in, you know, were like real, you know, MLB starts or whatever. Um, and I, I just can't do any more of those. Like, I'm so fucking tired of. You know, there's only so much I can fucking see Fernando Tatis or yeah, know, whoever, you know, oh, whoever grabs the the Dodgers in their I prefer you know, the larger the than life budgets and they just trade everybody away. Yeah, I prefer the like, fictional. I'm with you. Yeah. And so I think, you know, from when it comes to a fictional thing, uh, what Mikey was saying is that if you blitz through, you know, they the recommended way to do it is you sim 20 seasons. You actually then delete uh, everything. Everything. You're actually mm-hmm. then supposed to sim another like decade. Yeah, like 15, right? And then either have like a dump and have an inaugural draft or like with the existing players. Because then those players have already had, you know, potentially 10 years, but you've already weaned out any weirdness. Be careful. Um, but what I did hear, and this is the thing that I'm not 100% sure of is, is that when a draft gets generated, the draft is based off of the current talent pool that is in your league. Um, good, bad, indifferent. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if there's a, a setting. I don't, I don't muck with those too, too much. Um, um, most of my <laughs> setting dabbling is around image generation. Um and, and things of that nature um but like i don't i mean yeah i know there's like an adam coker and but i'm okay with there being sorry like, right a, a, a few in each draft like i'm okay with and the reason why i say that is it's just like in life right you'd like to think that like when someone dies or retires that some other mo is 
getting drafted, right? right. Um, now, what I don't want, and I don't think we have it here, and that's what I like about it, is like you don't have teams just full of like five stars. And I know there's like relative ratings. That's the other thing to keep, you know, be aware of. It's kind of like why all the catchers were five stars in the, <laughs> in the, uh, it's not that they're better than the other players. It's there's just, just not it, very many. There's not catchers. a lot of catchers. Right. So that the catchers that were drafted are, are projected to be better than the current pool. Right. That's all that's saying. It doesn't mean that like, Joe Torrey is going to be better than Willie Stargell. Willie Stargell is going to mash in Montana, but I'm sure Joe Torrey had a higher potential than Willie Stargell. Um, and it's just because it relates to each position. Um, I haven't, I haven't really noticed that there's been like, I think there's been a consistent level of PBA talent, not like a consistent level of like superstar talent. And, and what I mean by that, like if I look at my team, and I sort on potential, you know, most of my guys are like two and a half to three and a half stars. Like they're not mm -hmm. like, there's nobody great, but there's nobody shitty. Even Mike or Michael Sutherland is a two star. Right. I don't know how he's fucking. It's all terrible. defense, baby. All defense. No, I know. And that's the thing. Like, if you know, it's one of those, but that's okay. You, if you switch positions, he's not going to be a two star. He's a two star because he's a shortstop so and shortstops are supposed to feel well, and for what it's worth, I actually have Sutherland as two out of two and a half. Like my my scout likes him quite a bit, even though he's not a big hitter. Because, like you said, the value. And I wouldn't even trade defensively. Him. I love him. The only person I'd trade him for, Woo Ram Che. <laughs> you hear that, Sean? If you're out there and you you are interested in only getting Michael one that's Sutherland up to his level, <laughs> no Borland. No Definitely problem. not Borland. Maybe the uh, Kuraz guy, right? Your, your guy. But, you know, it's funny. Kuraz won the gold glove. He probably had less errors. Uh, the Cascadia guy had a higher zone rating. Oh, really? He had a higher yeah. zone rating? Than I thought my guy had the higher yeah. zone rating. No, like uh, Cascadia had uh, like a point two higher. But I think your guy had uh, either better efficiency or less errors, which is what I would also look at. So. So That's I thought that was uh yeah we've actually something new every day. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Sutherland with his fifteen point one I think was like fifth in the PBA. He was hmm. third in the FRL and I think there was two guys uh, above him from the arrow. So props out to those shortstops. You know what? You're absolutely right. He uh, he had a point four point four higher zone rating. But he committed the same amount of errors in less innings, and his efficiency was lower. Dude, you paid something right. one point two million dollars per year. I didn't look. You had me thinking like you gave him like four million dollars. Get out of here with that. Hey, it's an extension. That's, <laughs> That's what he asked one. for. It's not like I, not like I lowballed. <laughs> I didn't even, usually, you know, like when you go to give an extension, and they're like, "Yeah, I want one point two million. You're like, "You'll take less." He was like, "I want one point two, and I was like, "You're worth at least that." So. You're getting your 1.2, sir. So where do you place value in terms of uh, fiscal importance and war? Like, I know a lot of people look at the war and everyone, everyone plays a little differently. War is important enough, whatever, whatever. I feel like the ratings in and of themselves independently based on a team construction standpoint is more important. But a player like Michael Sutherland, and, and maybe he's a little bit too low rated offensively built to really have this conversation. 
But I don't think between one and a half and three war is that out of place for him if he's going to field at the level he's really fielding at. Um. Yeah. I mean, I wish he would hit one a little better. One thirty. Well, and I think I think you have to take into consideration something I tell Mike all the time is like you have to look at BAPIP. Like, dude, this guy had a two forty four BAPIP last year. And granted, I understand he's a ground ball guy, but if 300 is average, if it even comes up 30 points, like all of a sudden, like he's a two war player. You know what I mean? Like he was pretty unlucky last year as well. Like, yes, he's not hitting a lot of hard ground shots to get through the hole, but a 240 bat pip is extremely low. It's just like these guys, you'll see a guy that has, you know, like a five or and you go in and he's got a 370 bat pip and you're like, okay, yeah, he's a good player but he's probably not going to get that lucky again. You know what I mean? Like you got to look at the whole kind of what the whole story is telling you. Oh, for sure. So let's talk real quickly about this draft that we know that Mike was super excited about and, and you were excited about. And, and obviously I was excited about Bill, me and you were on the same page. You're talking about the, 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 the historical. Draft? I wasn't excited about this. Oh, you know, you're excited. You just don't know it yet. So I got a great name though. So, yes. so the biggest thing for me was I went into this knowing, like knowing that I was going to get a catcher, right? Because I'm thinking in my head, Bill, I'm like, you know what, whether it's Tory or Bench or, you know, Munson or Fit, who like one of these guys like has to be a solid catcher, right? Like Bench was at the top of my list, but like, I wasn't thinking like Morgan. I wasn't thinking Seaver. I wasn't thinking Ryan. I wasn't thinking any of these guys. I'm thinking I'm going to get a catcher because that's what's super hard to find in this league. That was my strategy, and I spent the pen points to get that. But I know you guys are both lower in the draft and basically got the same thing I did. Bill, what was your strategy going into this? I know that you did a little bit more research, but were you pretty honed in on catcher? What was your who were you hoping to get, and what was your what was your overall strategy? Um, I kind of, I kind of came up with the same. So I will say like, you know, I didn't know what the hell we were doing really. I didn't really know how things were actually even generated, uh, for the most part. Um, so what I, I had done is I had actually, I'd kicked open like a historical league and I had actually gone to 1969, um, because I didn't know how to find like all the IDs. Right. Um, so I had, I had gone through that and after I had gotten the IDs, I, I generated one guy. I didn't try to like get the best average, right? Like I didn't make like five of each dude and be like, (laughs) Oh, he looks like he's basically, it was like my short list. It was like my list since we, you know, we didn't have a real draft. Right. Um, so I made a list of people and I did notice that, um, and actually, uh, the stats in PBA, like not stats, but the potential in PBA is much different than the potential in a 1969 league. Really? Um, like for example, none of the catchers were five stars in my, my thing. Like there was a, a lot of the catchers were four stars. Um, there was only two, four and a half stars. There were no five stars. Uh, it was Marichal and Seaver were the two, four and a half stars. Um, but for what's that worth? But, but but for what what that is worth, Bill, was that based off of OSA or was that based off of what your head scout thought? 
Um, in the I only asked that in 1969. I don't. I, don't I only asked that scout. because when he in, when Gary imported, like I'm showing Johnny Bench as a four star guy. Now I know he was a five star when he quote unquote imported, but that's what the OSA rating is, right? My, yeah, and I'm not sure like on ours guy. on our gens. I don't know. I'm just talking about like when I right, gen, right, right. Yeah, when I gen, I'm saying it may have been it may have been yeah. more much closer. But, but I was mentally thinking we don't have a lot of catching talent. I'm going to see what catcher is available. Um, I did find when I did generate some of these guys, I was actually surprised that Joe Torrey uh, had a more con- as much contact as he did. I was actually leaning between Thurman Munson and Joe Torrey, mostly because they have a little, you know, some ties to the Yankees. Yeah. So I was still trying not, not that Torrey played for them most, you know, he, he was the manager, but like, I was really leaning towards Thurman Munson. Um, and then I noticed that Joe Torrey played other positions. Mm-hmm. Like, so he got to play first and third. Um, yeah. Bench so I figured I'd, I'd take a stab at that. Like, not so much for the third base, but maybe for the first base. And uh, I, unfortunately, uh, we'll, we'll see how much, we'll see how long Joe stays with us. Yeah, it, I will tell you, I know a lot of people have talked about trading these guys, but I, like I said, I will tell you that, like, the thing that shocked me the most <clears throat> is, and I understand that, like, the personalities and all that kind of stuff is kind of random, but I'm, I'm actually shocked that these guys are, I mean, literally every guy that got drafted, I'm pretty sure, at least for the most part, is a Hall of Famer, right? I, you know, you, you can adjust the basic batting ratings, but like I'm shocked that most of these guys' abilities, like their catching ability or their arm, or like the guys that played first base or shortstop, like that their ratings weren't higher. Now, granted, I understand they will develop, but if your catching ability is only a 45, like how much are you really going to develop? Right? That's not what mine is. I'm just saying. Like I thought yeah. it was funny when I was kind of looking through, and and I'm sure this is similar to the first draft that unfortunately I wasn't a part of, but I found it ironic that a lot of these guys like right out of the sim engine basically have very little opportunity to, su- to succeed at the position that they were given. So like you said, given, given the fact that like maybe they have an option to play first base or third base, or maybe they're a, a first base slash second baseman and you know, their rating at second super low, it still gives them an opportunity to kind of do something else. Yeah, I will say uh, just I'll, I'll just touch on one more thing uh, that I thought was interesting. There was a player that did jump out to me that I I didn't obviously take, but I think would have been super interesting. So there was a guy. It, it was Gary Nolan, and because Gary Nolan actually played when he was nineteen. And I think he was like rookie of the year when he was 19. Yeah. When he got genned as an 18 year old, at least in 1969 sim, he was already fully developed four overall out of four potential. He could have actually been a starting pitcher that was immediately ready to go. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And I was like, that would have been interesting. You didn't, you didn't have the, uh, the, the cajones to go down that path, huh? <laughs> well, no, because like I didn't really want a pitcher, and like I said, I was, I was, I was still trying. You know, like in the first one, I could have taken a better player, and I took Dickie Thon because Dickie Thon was my favorite player growing up, 
and he actually made an appearance in 1979. So nice. I took Dickie Thon because he was my favorite player. I could have taken somebody who is a much significantly better baseball player, um, but I didn't. So like this time I took someone that still was kind of, yeah, obviously I wasn't alive back in the 60s. So I, I tried to go with someone that I still knew and still kind of was somebody that I could relate to. Um, so that was my my motivation. I'll probably continue to do that, whether it's my fa- I'll always try to get take one of my favorite players before I take the best player. Right. And if it happens sense. to be the same thing, then so be it. You know, like so be it. Like if yeah. when we do the 80s, oh, I yeah. may put all of my pinpoints in to try to get Don Mattingly, like because he was my favorite player growing up. Like, Man, your story is so much cooler than mine. I, I was completely misunderstanding on how this was going to work. Again, the first message I sent to Gary is like, I'm the Dodger fan. I think only me and Shane have a chance at the Dodgers. So here's my two-person list. <laughs> and I sent him Don Sutton. He's like, that's not how it works. I'm like, hey, okay, just let me know. And then I've come to find out that I'm last. I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever. And then I was actually second to – actually, I was last of the teams that submit. I, I drafted 21st because, you know, I was the only person to submit – one pinpoint to be a smart ass. So I got that <laughs> hey, I, I submitted 10. Hey, that so that 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 pushed me ahead of you. And then when um Gary was kind enough, it's like this was my top list. And I literally went to the the, the coolest and he was like, hey, this is a, my my list of 24, blah blah blah. I'm like, cool. I was out, I was about, I looked down the list, Thurman Munson had a sweet ass name. I was like, this guy's name's awesome. I immediately went home, tried to pull up the TV show, and then I found out it was the Munsters, not the Munston. So I was super disappointed because <laughs> it was no longer valid. And I would, that's how I got there. And I was literally going to do a PR. I thought he was like part of that TV show or something like the, like the name was Munster or not Munson. So I was super excited and super bummed as soon as I got him. Then I was like, I'm fucking trading this guy. Well, listen, for what it's worth, I, I drafted in the top. Guys, 10. that's how I think. Don't take advice from me. And no, like, but, but like, like legitimately, like I drafted in the top 10 and I grabbed a catcher and you guys both grabbed one after me. And like li- literally Mikey grabbed the, the last guy in the draft because his position went past and just from a profile standpoint, I mean, you guys can make the, the argument that your guys, you know, your guys profile looks, you know, better than oh, quote, unquote, Johnny Branch. Looks, yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah, My guy looks look, dope. Both of your guys look really good. That's what I'm saying. So, but his but nickname is Tugboat and I used to love Tugboat as a wrestler. So I feel like it was God throwing me a curveball, you know, and I'm it, still sitting on it. So I'm yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how these, you know, play out for sure. And see, I'm not gonna lie, I've had like five GMs asking if he's available, like for real. I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he's not a monster, he's a monster. I'm very disappointed. You trade well, you, they've probably <laughs> figured you traded Trammel right off the get go last time, so yeah. Well, but like, I literally took him because I was out, and Gary said, I literally thought I was supposed to pick at the Dodgers because remember, Bill, that was the first time you went off the team you liked, right? So that's not how that worked apparently this time. And then I wasn't there and Gary was kind of up to share his list. Cause I wasn't going to do the research. I said, pass. He's like, Mike, I was like, okay, whatever. And I looked at his list. I was like, this guy's name, he was a TV show. This is great. This PR is going to be great. All the PRs are going to be in black and white. And it was the wrong name. So whatever. Um, as I said, don't listen to me. Hey, I got a question real quick. I've been, you know, clicking over stuff and we've been talking a lot of, about a lot of players that I find interesting. Where do you guys, Victor Lozano obviously was huge for that champion, that championship game for Paris a couple of years back when he won his championship. What do you guys see him doing for his career? And what do you guys think his ratings really like? He's, he's like a two and a half, three war player. And I think this is kind of to the point of, of Which, Sutherland which again. guy? 
Victor Lozano. Starting pitcher for uh, Paris. Yeah, and um, like, uh, like, like obviously he's not Sutherland, but he's like a unique skill set guy. You know what I mean? Like 15 Yeah, that's for- pretty interesting. I mean, Lozano was the one pitcher on Paris that I wanted to face. Like, he didn't yes. scare me at all. I, like, he didn't. He's 14 he's still for good. Yeah. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, he's still good. He's just, he didn't. He didn't scare me. And then when I actually got to game seven against him and I was facing off against that other dude that I was like, oh, this is I actually have a shot. And then he shut me down. I was like, what the hell just happened there? Was that um, Lozano who you faced? No, it was somebody else. Who, I think it was Webb. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Webb who he faced. Fucking Tom Webb. And I was like, how did that guy just throw the game of his fucking life? The thing that's interesting about Lozano to me. Is, I've been trying to trade for him for years. He's like pretty much untouchable. Science like legitimately, practice. like legitimately, like throw the ratings out. Like I don't care that he's a three and a half out of five. Like I don't view him that way. I really don't. I don't. Oh, I'm four and a half out of five. Yeah. See, I don't think he's that good personally. The thing that the thing with Lozano is, and and the reason why I kind of agreed with Bill is, Lozano is either going to be when you're facing him a top five pitcher in the league, like legitimately shut you down for six innings. Or you're going to have five runs by the third inning. And it's a dice roll. It's literally a dice roll. But like, for like, like example, like case in point, if you have like, okay, like I'm trying to build like a really rotation, really solid rotation in Disney, right? Like if I'm, if in two years, I have a super solid one through four, he's absolutely my, the like who I want as my fifth starting pitcher. I mean, hell, he's a, he's number one. Everybody in the league would want him as their number five pitcher. What I'm saying is, no, but I'm he, saying he has, he has he's a guy. Upside. He's a guy. Absolutely, he's a guy that's going to strike out twelve or thirteen guys every game. But he's also the same guy that's going to walk five or six guys. And the problem is, well, the problem is, is when you give up one to one and a half home runs a game, and you walk two or three guys before you give up that home run, that's how he gives up five runs in three innings. Like. That's, I mean, literally, I'm, if you look down his list here, his the last five games, these were all in the playoffs. Against Cologne, he went six and a third, eight strikeouts, gave up three. You're like, not bad. Next game, four innings, five runs allowed, four, wa- uh, four He's walks. He's a bona fide superstar game. to me, man. His, see, his I, don't, fit, I don't see 20, it that way. Dude, dude, come on. He's a bona fide star. He had a 75, 74, 80, 80 for his fit minus his last four years. I, I mean, bona fide stud. Like, I he's one of the guys where the war doesn't translate to the fit minus and the adjusted ERA shit, and he's just unbelievable. To, to me, he's he's version top five pitcher in the league in terms of value. Like he's Yeah, just- I, I don't think that at all. I think he's super good. I'm not saying anything bad about him. I just have a hard time saying you're one of the best pitchers in the league when you walk five, six guys a game. Yeah, and, and I think the thing is, too, is, is maybe if he was on a different team, like maybe he would have a different uh, impression. He's right Brian at this point as well. Maybe, maybe I, right. I think that's the thing is like when you go to Paris, I want to face Lozano. Well, because Lozano was on a different team, maybe I would not want to face. Lozano. Right, because because the other thing that you have to take <laughs> into but, consideration but, but, though but you is you see is, my point though, right, Bill? Like he does something that no one else does. Like, but Mike, for in all fairness, fourteen per nine is a starting pitcher's insane. It, totally, but like Tom Webb, the same guy that we just said, really fucking Tom Webb. Tom Webb has literally had a 120 plus ERA every single year of his career that he's been in Paris, except for one. And last year he had a, he had a, he's over a hundred every single year, 116, 156, 103. Like I, I think that has just as much to do with where he's pitching and who the surrounding cast is, as opposed to just how talented that individual person is. Cause let's keep it real. Tom Webb, 
if you put him in any other rotation, like he's at best a number four at best. Like he's not, he's not a great starter. He gave up one and a half. He gave up one and a half home runs per nine last year. He's only getting approximately six. He's only getting approximately six strikeouts per nine. You know, he had a, he had an ERA of 4.3 last year. Like he's solid. I'm not saying he's not, but at the same time, I think all these guys look a little bit better because of where they play. So you don't think you think Lozano will look better outside of Paris even? No. Huh. No, because he's not going to get the run support when he goes, when he has so 18, who cares about wins? 18 wins and four. No, I understand that. But I'm saying when you go, when you have 18 wins and four losses or your BAPIP, for example, like last year was 261. You don't think when you look at all the all-stars he has there around the horn and, and their defense all being over 70, you don't think that, that the fact that Lozano's BAPIP last year was 261, that that didn't help him a ton. 261 though isn't like it's low it's not like eh, for it's it's like mike the previous two years he was at 305 and 306 it's 40 points below his average and that's the reason why the numbers are playing second base two years ago it was not a defender i forget his name he was punting the position it was the old dude doesn't matter whatever your 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 point's fine i just think victor lozano's on a short list of super duper pitcher stars like he's right up there not russick but like come on i mean he's good he's very very good he's he, once again he's like the like the shit, whole conversation look, hall of very good versus he, hall of fame wait, you don't think he's gonna be a hall of famer with his k no, numbers no with his k numbers you don't are you serious he's 26 you know how many strikeouts he has already well he might not be healthy actually We'll, we'll see. We'll see where he ends up. 156 strikeouts in 100 innings. That's Mike, insane. Mike, he's never he in four years in Paris. He's never been in. He's never made the All Star. He's, he's never been a Cy Young. He, he's okay. not. Well, I get it, but he's he's pitched almost 120 innings every single year, and he's still never he's still never been to an All Star game. Fine, whatever. Mario Beltran's a number four starting pitcher listed on the USA Top 20 list. There you go. There you go. Yes, I traded him away. Yes, I feel bad about it. That was a trade you got a lot of crap for too. But go on. Yeah, well, it was. <clears throat> it's going to end up turning out to be a bad one because basically, Chris Hill was acquired in order to get me over the hump in the playoffs. And each of the last two seasons, right before playoffs, hey, my man, he's, he's not injured. opting out of that contract. No, no, he's absolutely not. I've actually tried to beat him away with a stick, but he's already said he's staying. He's going to be like the Steve Nash. Well, he's too loyal. Yeah, well, I don't think it's loyalty. They tell about the. The, the the bread. So it's okay last year. No, he's not like I said, he's not terrible. He's still a guy that's pitching sub three five ERA ball. So would if so would you rather have Chris Hill or Victor Lozano? I'd rather have Chris Hill. You're out of your mind. You're not Bill, even close. settle this one, Bill. Uh say that again. Lozano or Chris Hill right now. Look at their stats. Uh-huh. Look at their stats. Um like are you talking about like Six, for the hall seven. or just in so, general? So we're talking four base on balls per nine for Lozano or five versus three, and then six strikeouts versus 14. You're out of your mind. Mikey, it's not just about the strikeouts and the oh, bases it is. on balls. Uh, who's, who's, well, who's got the whip? <laughs> well, probably Chris Hill. I mean, I wouldn't I'm assuming Chris because, Well, here, here's the thing, and this is what I think Brian was trying to get to. 120 versus 150. strikeout. Versus pop up, I don't really give a shit. I mean, obviously, it looks sexy to have fourteen point whatever strikeouts per nine, 
But if you give so, up an out, seventeen an runners a game, it doesn't matter. Correct. So do you think? So do you think Victor Lozano could be the most dominant relief pitching closer in all, in all time if he was in that position? No. Okay, Lepowski, I'm just asking. Mm, see, that's where you want. You, you can't ask somebody that already knows who that pitcher is. That question. Where did he come from, by the way? Tampa. Okay. I, th- I, I, I thought it was Bill for some reason. Sorry, Bill. No, no, it was not Bill. <laughs> who, Mike, who is that? Which person? Lepowski. Who the hell is that? Look at, I, I knew Bill was going to say that. That's the reason why Mike brought it up. His, his, is, his that the, is that the guy from the bowling movie? No, he's no. The, he's, he's been the big one. He's been my setup guy the last three years, and he's won pitch of the year two out of the three years. And the only year he didn't win it, he had a four point six WAR. He he has the nice. and he, and that was the year that I was saying he should have been the league MVP. He he, which he should have been, but that's beyond the point at this point. Well, you know what, Branson should have been rookie of the year. Can't <laughs> can't always get what we want. You know what? I don't think he's gonna allow it because he's already been playing for three years. But you know what? That's. I think I'm going to at real relief pitcher well, of year. Let's let's see if mine goes through first. Yeah, and then... if yours goes through. I'm going to I'm going to definitely have an argument at least to to ask about. All right, I do want to wrap this up because Mike's in the lobby and I know it's getting late, <laughs> and I can actually hear them doing last call for drinks there. Yeah. So, Bill, do you have a do you have any question or do you have anything you want to bring up before we head out of here? Um, just uh, nothing major. Just looking forward to the. Uh, the season coming up, I've got. Now, who's your uh, favorite prospect on your team going forward? My favorite, uh, mine. Got to yeah. be the second baseman. Uh, well, actually, no. Does he have a chance to displace uh, Sutherland, though? Like that's the question. Well, no, he's not going to be the shortstop. He's second. Again, I mean, he spent a whole looks year in the minors learning how to play second, which is why I was okay getting rid of uh, my Hera. Um, I would either He's say. I'm either going to say uh, the Agani or um, I actually like he's still a prospect. He's still going to be considered a rookie this year. He's actually probably going to have a full-time role uh, with Kogagon is uh, the Juan Ramirez guy. Um, we'll see how he does. That's interesting. I love the fact that Agani had an 86 defensive rating at shortstop and Bill was like, nope, we're moving you to second base. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like sorry, just got paid to Ghani. Sorry, yeah. you can't play because we have Sutherland. Sorry, buddy, your rating's <laughs> a little too low. So what would it? Well, I like, first was going to move him over to third. I would have been fine too. Yeah, well, he's at, well, he's only an eighty-five there though, so that probably wouldn't <laughs> work for Bill. Hey, have you noticed, Bill, when if you play a second baseman who's like above five, uh, six three, six four at second base, their like zone rating jumps up like gangbusters. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I I do still think it has a lot to do with your pitchers. Um, I mean, obviously if you have ground ball pitchers or infielders zone ratings going to are, you know, just go up uh, just your outfielders are going to come down. It's just, that's just the way life is. Um, I'd have to actually check my other league. I actually have a guy who's, he's only a 70 infield range out of 80. Uh-huh. Um, and he has been the back to back to back gold glove winner. Um, at it's only a second base. base that I've seen. It's only a second base. I don't know what to, what um, to do with it. But I, I'll, I'll try to look and see how tall he is, and I'll just I'll, I'll shoot you a message and see if it because it's funny. Just to well, point out my defensive at, woes here. Yeah, he literally was the back to back to back Gold Glove winner at second base. Huh. And I benched him for another second baseman that had a higher wow. range. <laughs> and 
it's funny because my team's been doing terrible. So now I'm like, yeah. is it they're because feuding. I bench this guy? Yeah, like, they're feuding. They're not. They're not happy with you, Bill. Right? Well, it's funny because I didn't resign my second baseman that was hitting three, had a three twenty average with a four hundred okay. on base. Yeah, Bungie, because I have Ed Piercy coming up, and and I'm I'm going with Mike's strategy. He's six five two oh five. He's got a seventy eight defensive rating at second base. I understand it's a little too low to play for the Lightning, but for Seattle, I'm like, well, he's six five. So hold on, Bill. Be good. <laughs> Before we end this podcast, I want to send you a snapshot, Bill. Check this out. Hold on. I'm literally. And there's a dick pic. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was like, <laughs> okay, the uh, the show has literally went off the rails at this point. <laughs> no, I can't equate it to anything other than his size. That's what she said. Whoa. I'm sending it right now. Hold on. Hold on. He's got to really zoom in. Yes. That's what she also said. Not. Hold on. But no, I honestly, it's funny because I can't equate it to anything other than his height when I put him in other positions. And it's, it's from the other league that you're actually in with me, Brian. So you could actually look him up right now if you had it. It's 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 weird because it's it's just – I don't know. Like his ratings in and of themselves aren't fantastic. He's 100 second base, 100 range, 100 air. His arm and double play are fine, whatever, for second base. But he's literally in like 100 and not even playing full games every single year. He's playing like well, one – I guess 150 is a good amount. But like, did you really just send me? Okay, forget. I'm not even gonna look at the six six part. The dude's got a hundred range. I know, but I have guys with a hundred range still not putting up twenty five ZNR. Like, I don't like. I don't know how to explain it. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, I I've tried to duplicate this player in offline stuff just to see. And I but can't. what I'm I guess what I'm trying to say is it. And, and again, a lot of it I I honestly think a lot of it has to do with the pitching staff. So unless you're saying you have another person on this team with the same pitching staff that's 100 range I will but it's smaller tonight. and I, the, the only reason why I, you, you know what I'm saying because like yes you've given me a project I understand yeah because that, that would be my only thing is like because like what if you have a lot of right I have a fly ball pitchers? heavy staff for what it's worth I don't know if that matters I mean it shouldn't I mean other than obviously the ground balls have to go somewhere but I do you know, play you have a lot of right. You know what? I, I I do actually. I wouldn't. Damn it! Now I'm wondering. Now I do play the shift super heavy on this team too. Which I don't know if that would take plays away from him or give him additional it, plays. It could do both, I guess. Like you know, if you have a lot of righties, they hit balls up the middle. Now all of a sudden, the second baseman is grabbing it. When are you guys gonna ask me who my favorite prospect is? Who is your favorite prospect? I thank you for asking. Um, Koga. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in, it's this guy named Perry Vandenbosch. But um, oh man, I'm just kidding. No, uh, I actually you really like, went there. No, I didn't actually. But I uh, I actually like this guy. He's not really a prospect. He's an interesting profile. He doesn't play enough defense to ever play in uh in, in Long Island, obviously. But I think he's gonna mash if I ever call him up. His name is Jason Rink. He's 26 years old. He has a weird profile: 40, 50, 75, 140. Um, I kind of like him though. Kind of interesting. He's an old guy. Per, hold on, guys. You know what I just realized? We haven't talked about Brody Stanley, but you know what else I haven't realized? Just realized we haven't done our thing that we do, Brian. Oh man. Okay, here we go. We, and we do Bill, have to get off here soon, though. Okay, Bill, you you have to find two guys, and it can't be Sutherland to read off of. Ready? Scouting report number one. Twenty-six-year-old left fielder Jason Ring was born in Belmont, California. He has a wait, keen wait, what perception. Am I, doing? I don't. I can't pull up our game right now. 
Okay. Well, then I'll just pick your guys and read them for you. Okay. 26-year-old Jason, uh, left fielder yeah. Jason Ring was born in Belmont, California. You got to read it seductively. He has a keen perception uh, and is eagle-eyed against even the best pitchers. His strength and quick wrists make for pure power. He grades out as an above-average fielder as a left fielder. As a premier baseball association league left fielder, that is. Ring should have no trouble in the starting role. Yeah, I would actually like this part of it too, but I'm, I'm just going to run in my uh, right. playoffs. Give, so, give me two the, names. The first guy we're going to read off, Michael Sutherland is a shortstop <laughs> who plays for the Long Island Lightning. He is an outstanding fielder, potentially one of the best at his position. He has plus speed that will put pressure on the defense. He'll consistently tinker with his swing with coaches and just can't get it right. No wonder why he got resigned. He's such not, a hard worker and affable. Not, not not going to hit for average. Sutherland doesn't generate much loft in his swing, so ground balls are more common than extra bases, which will likely hold him back from earning a starting spot in the lineup. Unless... Boy, you were wrong. <laughs> hold on. Dibs on the next guy for Bill. It's uh, it's Jeffrey Brinson. Ooh, and it's a scrolling one. Must be good. Jeffrey Benson is a six foot one starting pitcher from St. Petersburg, Florida, who was drafted in 2024. He has an above average contact skill, a smooth swing with quick hands and great pitch recognition. He has demonstrated improving raw power and can hit an above average number of home runs. He has great range and gives maximum effort without being careless. Scouts project Benson to fill a key role for Kenning team in the baseball leagues. Now your job is to post his thing when you change him to a, Oh, I can set as a starting pitcher. I get a double. Here we go. He's six foot one, blah, blah, blah. He throws three pitches with his bread and butter being a wipeout curve. Everyone raves about his big time stuff. Brinson's talent potential is high and projects to easily front a team's rotation. Are you going to ever use him as a front of the rotation guy? Uh, or I mean, he can like be. It's just, you? I, I, you know, I give the veterans their due. I mean, like Park is still questionably up there, but I am gonna, I'm probably gonna stick with the six man rotation this year so I can get Brenson more at bats so he doesn't get screwed out of any more awards. <laughs> All right, this is the last one that I have, guys. I got one after you and then I'm done. Long Island, Long Island Lightning's left fielder Juan Ramirez is a 24-year-old left-handed hitter. He projects to leg out many hits and hit for a high average. He is a strong runner who will find many opportunities to take advantage of the opposition. Once he fully develops, he should have enough to be an above-average power hitter. Ramirez has the dynamic tools needed to make an impact in the majors. Okay, here's my last one. Ready? Um, Brody Stanley is a center fielder and a 10-year oh, PBA league veteran. Mike got him paid three years ago on the podcast. He has quick hands and can hit for above average power. Brody has the flexibility not only in the bedroom, but also on the field oh, and is like to conditioning to play above average defense on and off the diamond. He has good speed and will take advantage of every opportunity, especially when opponents make mistakes on the base pass. Stanley looks like an above-average Premier Baseball League starter. Fantastic. So, Br- Once again, Br- in case you guys were wondering, this is not a PG podcast. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Brody Stanley is still sitting pretty with his 45, 45, 60, 50, 50 rounded ratings. I mean, he put up a 1.5 war last year, guys. In 99 games, he went 306, 352 with a 466 slug for an 818 OPS and 112 OPS plus. 14 home runs, 16 RBIs, 24 walks. I mean, unfortunately, he's in seven chances. He was caught six times trying to steal. Um, he's a terrible <laughs> leader, and he has great greed. I mean, Brody Stanley, is he a PBA player at this point? I mean, he still plays a great center field. So, I mean, 
a great center field for anybody other than Bill. Well, he's, he's managed to actually get paid again. So. Just for the record, the guy who replaced him won the gold glove. Is this true? Um, Mike yeah. drop. No, Calm Henderson. It's Calm, right? Yeah, Henderson. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, with his 100 outfield rating. <laughs> you know, it always surprises me when How somebody from Long Island wins a gold glove. Go ahead. Huh? No, I'm sorry, Brian. I cut you off there, bud. No, no, you're good. I said it always surprises me when somebody from Long Island wins a gold glove. If Bill doesn't have four gold glovers next year, I'm going to call rigged. Hey, well, Harry. The, uh, I almost said Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> well, the fact um, that the fact that Mahara couldn't play on his team because he only had a 72 defense, I think it speaks volumes. Well, the the the, the fact that Mahara couldn't play second base on this team because he had 72 defense, and Agani, who was a 100 rated shortstop, was told to learn how to play second base because what Mahara was doing just wasn't cutting it anymore. It's just completely whole another level of mind fuckery that craziness. Bill is providing. Yeah. And I heard that Pat LaFontaine is available. Is that, is that true? Uh, that is true. I've actually had some discussions during the pod about him. <laughs> is it from Shane? Dang, look, Shane's busy. Um, get it, get it, get it. Get it. Uh, there was multiple people. Multiple partners for Pat LaFontaine. Okay, okay, okay. You do you, Patty. Joe Torrey has gotten some interest as well. Wow, you know what? I'm gonna have to. Oh, I gotta check my phone here, man. All so, right. Da, da, da. Damn, I've been so loud. I thought I've been quiet. I don't think so. People are still looking on me. Good so. lord! All right, I gotta be honest with you guys. You know what, Shane, uh, Bill, Jeff, no, you guys aren't allowed on the. Po- I don't get nearly the action when I let other people come on the podcast. Like all of a sudden, nobody's trading with me. Everybody else is trading amongst themselves. This isn't fun anymore. Hey, you know, multiple. Offers for Pat LaFontaine. So just just say there was a guy out there, right, that just recently traded away his third baseman, and maybe he needed a third baseman. Like, what are you looking for package-wise? Prospects, picks, Fine, I think you just traded your third baseman. Oh, I have Nate Bessett available. Okay, yeah, no, no, I want a real third baseman. So anyways, so what Um, are you... Like I've been sharing with... uh, other, I mean, let's the, let's the both people. be honest. Like he's only a fifty-nine defense, so we both Can know I he's not going to play for you. Can I this trade on the air right now and say? Uh, well, but not only that, though. He, uh, you know, he he currently is slotted in as the full-time DH. Um, but here's Bill. He's a sixty. He's a very solid defender. You should be interested in his above-average goal board. He's actually, yeah. I mean, he's not a bad fielder. He's just not a Long Island fielder. Um, he, are you good or are you Long Island good? Like that's the- he uh, he hits lefties and righties. Uh, if you look at his splits, I'm pretty sure it was like 293 and 296 or something like. He hit both of them uh, about the same, so he can he doesn't need a platoon. Yeah, yeah, you're you're, um, you're accurate there. So he's he's a really good player. Like you know, as I've been telling people, I only wanted to move two of my three guys. Um, I'm not necessarily looking to move Lafontaine, but. I do have that Rick Blagden guy that can, mm. can fill in as DH, I guess. If that's I, right. That's if right. I want hey, Bill, for, for, for what it's worth, I think Blagden is like a top 10 bat versus okay, righties let's only. Not get carried away. Versus righties only? Um, it, it, 30, 30, 30, guys. Right, but okay, just because my OCD about fielding, I also have a really <laughs> hard time with people who have less than a 40 avoid K, um, unless you're Michael Sutherland. 
So let me ask um, you guys a quick question about that because you brought that up, Bill. It's not what, nice. Which stat is this more is a 46, to just you, so you know. avoid K or I discipline? Um, like you can only normally have one it would over depend. 50. Like if, uh, if you're a contact hitter, I want you to not strike out. If you're same. a power hitter, I would probably mm-hmm. rather have walk, which is why Blagden is not terrible. Like he'll be right. a good DH, I think. Um, Mike, you so, don't have to sell it anymore, by the way. He's already agreed to it. Oh, no, I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just like, when, when he told me, okay, I'm probably going to cut him. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and I mean, that's he, still, like, if I don't move LaFontaine, he might get cut. Like Usually yeah. a 70 home run, 85 I don't, guy, dude, like, you don't cut. Especially like, with 70 contact. Like, you're crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, once again, I have no pony in the, in the I race I mean, if here. he will accept a AAA designation, that's fine as well. I mean, he it will. just, it's it just, it's just tough because the last three years, I mean, he's hit 20, 35, and 20 home runs. It, it's tough. It's tough to say, like, man, I don't think this guy can hit for me. Like, he I think 35 home runs, by the way. Yeah, like yeah but isn't he a lefty? Yes, he is. He is a lefty. Yeah, lefty needs contact and gap in my park. Well, he has gap, but he's he does have 70. Gap. So I don't I think he's decent. I think you're underselling him. I think his, like, ga- his gap is Like I said, I think he's fine for a DH, but if I had to pick Blackton or LaFontaine, I'm taking LaFontaine. I mean, if you're looking to flip Blagden with his two, two, three, three, and four million contract, it's pretty cheap for his production. It is pretty cheap. It is. No, no. I mean, it's like I said. I. So, what would somebody want yourself. for a Pat Lafontaine La before I end the podcast? Um, yeah, I'm interested as well. So, for Lafontaine, I'm either looking for just some something down on the minors that's you know two or three years away. Are you willing to retain for one season for Lafontaine? We'll see. Because <laughs> uh, well, we know you're willing to cut people and eat their contracts. We've seen your payroll. <laughs> he's like at this point, he's like, I've got. That's true. Uh, it's, only one, it's only one season because it's a team option following. So that is true. Um, I will. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, I definitely cut people. Like I cut Mr. Stanley. I owed him like a hundred and. And in 2038, didn't I owe him like 109 million? You owed him like 100. We, no, yeah, we did the math. You sold him over 100 when it happened. I, I think you, I actually think oh. he's like, just like uh, Bobby Bonds, I think he's still getting paid by your organization. I wish yeah, actually he is. the bottom of the salary sheet. Enoch dude, Jefferson it kind of is it, right? still getting paid by my organization. Like, hey, just, Bill, put I, it in, just put it in. Uh, I was paying $46 million in dead contracts last year. Bill, I wish at the bottom of the team salary page it actually showed like in red at the bottom who you cut. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, not Wouldn't you, it? just everybody in general, like so you knew where like the money was going. I think it would. Like, you know, like when you retain, it does. Yeah. But well, uh you managed to move two of your five highest contract or two of your four highest contracts on your team with a with the trade with Mike. So I mean, you're definitely getting cheaper. We already know you have a replacement at second base, so you definitely have some financial flexibility now. Is Brinson and pushing back because he's not the highest paid player on the I team? Think, I think at this point what he's saying, guys, is he's willing to negotiate on the contract as far as keeping or whatnot just based on he wants the best deal possible. To be honest, with how weak free agency is, it relates to true difference makers. And I think there's a lot of good players in free agency and a lot of good value to be had. But I don't think there's like a lot of difference, difference, like superstar difference makers. I think LaFontaine would probably be the biggest name out, out there right now in terms of a true difference maker at the position. Yeah, and, and he's else. a fan fave. He's extremely popular. That's, you know, the other caveat to this. I heard he's a great father as well. That's definitely a um, feather in his hat. He is. He likes to play out in Buffalo a little bit. <laughs> uh, 
You guys are so bad, dude. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we'll see if uh, something gets gets done. All with right. That. Well, make sure you let us know. We'll break it here first on the podcast when we have another podcast six months from now when Mike can do another one. Bro, I was told that I get the entire loft, so I'm excited. I was told there would be no math. Yeah, that is true. All right, guys, we do gotta we do gotta wrap this up. I did throw it to Bill, and I don't even think he got an opportunity. Bill, any any final thoughts here before we head out? Sorry, Bill. Um, no. Um, I've 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 almost been interrupted a couple times uh, from He's the wife. Nice. So, um, no, I think uh, just like I said, just looking forward to the season. Um, seeing how my my team can, you know, I was a young team. Uh, they they built off of their you know, their playoff season the year prior. They uh, didn't finish as well as I wanted, but, you know, we still ended up with, you know, what, 86 wins or something? 86 and no playoffs is always uh, tough. That was uh, acceptable for pretty much, you know, everybody's essentially second year in the the, the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. And again, you know, I've been building a team that, you know, from a financial standpoint, I wasn't going to have any flexibility for, Another is that why Southern got the opportunity? Because I don't remember you ever always being this obsessed with defense. Um, well, kind of like what I touched on earlier, like when your team isn't doing very well and you have to try to figure out why. Um, it's defense or uh, defense or or chemistry. Um, and at the time, my defense was pretty bad, and I didn't have a lot of money, so I played with what I had. Um, and sometimes you know, a lot of times, defense is cheap. Right. Very uh, much underrated. Um, but again, it, you know, a lot of times it, it depends, you know, if you go too much defense and that's why, you know, those corner outfield spots, I don't, I don't necessarily care too much. Uh, if you go too much on defense and I'm finding this in another one of my leagues, um, your, your team still sucks. So you gotta, you gotta have some pop, right? Like, um, like that's a, that's a decent looking. See the problem with the guy you just sent me, Mikey, mm-hmm. is right, stop trying to make trades right now. No, like, <laughs> like I think he's really good. Like, but my trouble would be for a shortstop without having like ninety five up infield range. Like he's got everything else right. He's a hundred, hundred, hundred. Like, I'd probably play him at second. But then you're talking about like. I think he's fine he's because Sutherland. obviously his contact, he, he's better than Sutherland, but he doesn't have as good a glove as Sutherland. So it's a hundred everywhere. Except, <sighs> except for range. The only thing that matters for a shortstop. He's at 87. Like, yeah. You know what my range is for my, my, my guy that just won the gold glove 94. <laughs> he's like, sorry, that's a little low. He's like, have you met Sutherland? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, your shortstop's only a 98 defense. That's not going to fly in here. You, in you, you must have more ground ballers than I do. I do. I am a, I, I am a ground ball guy. I like ground ball. And what's interesting, too, with my new park, and this also could have affected uh, Sutherland's zone rating, is right-handers are more apt to hit fly balls at my park now. Ah. Hey, question. I noticed while watching uh, – I've been to a Minute Maid game and a, and a, a game out in uh, Arlington now. How come the 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 dugouts are on the first base side out here for the home team? That's weird, right? 
Uh, I've never seen that, but I've only, I, I mean, obviously I'm a SoCal guy, so I've only seen the, the three SoCal teams out here and they're all on the third base side. I've never seen that on the first base side. Have you, Bill? I'm trying to Home think. team first base side? I'm yeah. trying to think of like Great American Ballpark right now. But I, I, I mean, I know like in the, the single A game I went to just the other day or double A, they were on the third base. It's weird, oh, right? That is weird. Yeah. Astros and uh, Rangers. I thought maybe because our Astros were going to get shit thrown at them, but then I was like, oh, wait, we're in Houston. Probably not. Hmm. So, Mike, you got anything before we head out? No, because I'll just keep talking, bud. Okay. Well, that's all the time we have today. I just want to thank Shane from Milwaukee. I want to thank Jeff from Dublin. I want to thank Bill, who's somehow managed to, uh, to put up with us, it looks like now, for about two hours. Uh, and, and I'm and I a wanna, talker, man. And I want to thank uh, my 